Glory to God. Well, uh, grab your Bible. If you do not have an envelope to give, uh, right now we're going to take up the tithes and offerings, or the offerings, we took up tithes this morning. This offering, everything that happens, if you don't have an envelope, just raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Even if you didn't come prepared to give, uh, raise your hand and have that offering. Uh, what you can do is you can say, you know what? They gave me this offering. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it back. Even if you didn't come prepared to give, and you can jumpstart your finances today in Jesus' name. But uh, just here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. And uh, a verse you may have never heard of before, uh, verse 16. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, I know. Let's read a verse. This, tonight, this offering, I don't know, you, you know, I, I always think that I know where the Holy Ghost is taking something, and I'll say something crazy, like, this will take 10 minutes. And 40 minutes later, I wrap it up. So I think this is going to be really simple tonight, like a really simple offering. So I'm just telling you what I think. I'm not telling you what's going to happen. I'm just telling you what I think at the present moment, okay? Uh, but let's just read John 3.16 and uh, verse 17. And so it says, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He didn't send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. Now let go back to verse 16, and I want you to see this. For God... So loved, for God so what? Love. Loved that he gave. gave. For God so loved that he gave. Um, I heard Keith Moore one time say this, uh, the chief expression of love is giving. The chief expression of love is giving. Right? For God so loved that he gave. For God so loved that he And I said it this morning, you can't be like God and not be a giver. There's no way for you to not be a giver and be like God. It's not possible. For God so loved that he gave. It, it's a very clear thing. If a revival is actually a move of God, the giving is on another level. Why? Because it shows that the Spirit of God has permeated people. And you can tell. You know, I've, heard, uh, I've heard Dr. Rodney, you're and I, good, good friend, I've heard him say multiple times, you know, well, do you think we ought to continue the revival? And, he, and he'll ask this question, how's the giving? Because if it's a move of God, something happens. And you see this, that's biblical. Over in Acts, what happens when the Holy Ghost is poured out on the people? All of a sudden, all the ones that had, they started giving out of love. Listen, it wasn't communism, it wasn't socialism. 
It was not communism and it wasn't socialism, everybody being equal and being the same and just another brick in the wall. That is not what that was. No, no. It was the love of God was poured out fresh in their hearts and the love of God, it prompted them to what? Love gives. And all of a sudden they started giving. See, a lot of people, they read that verse and they want it to be something that matches their political ideologies. Nah, forget about that. It's not, you know, communism, socialism says, oh, you're going to give. There's a big difference. God says, hey, why don't you give? And then love says, I think I will. I think I will. Total difference. Two totally different kingdoms. Love gives. Say it with me again. Love Love gives. When God actually moves on the people, they become givers. They become givers. Matter of fact, the Bible even goes so far to show what kind of givers they should become. Over in 2 Corinthians 9, they become cheerful givers. That means they're, they're not like this. You know, this is not how they're given. Oh, Jesus. No, they're cheerful givers. They're like, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so happy to give. Ah, woohoo! Move. Take that offering bucket. I mean, if I hear some of that tonight, I'm going to be really pleased as a pastor. I'm just telling you. Take that offering bucket. They're happy to give. Love gives. Say it again. Love gives. It's like they're equal. And it says they're abounding givers. You get into it and you just find out, you know, Nicole and I, we just kind of rolled over into this phase a few years ago. We're crazy givers. Like, God says, God says, hey, I want you to give. How much? Like, how much do we get to give tonight? Yeah, get to. Yeah, get to. How much? Why? Because love gives. And you get over into that place all of a sudden. And here's the thing. If the Spirit of God can move you to a place of cheerful and abounding giving, that means you have cheerful and abounded seed in the ground of God. And so there's a cheerful and God-defined cheerful and abounding harvest that starts coming your way. All of a sudden, stuff starts breaking through. We went to, we went to a cheerful and abounding, crazy giving. I mean, just crazy. And, and when I say crazy giving, I'm talking about empty the bank account multiple times in a year. Like, uh, empty it all. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that tonight. What I'm saying is, are we willing to if God tells us, and are we asking? Because love gives. I mean, he, and, and he'll have you give stuff that's just crazy. Just crazy. And you'll be like, really? But then sometimes you'll know. Not too long ago, watch this. This was, this was really cool, and I'm not going to tell you all the details. But not too long ago... Uh, I was sitting there, and I had something that was a possession of mine, and of my possessions, this was one of my favorites. And I even, I, and you know, when you get the crazy given, like, it's subject to be let go at any time. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, amen. See, they, she knows. It's subject, if you really get to that place, you don't care, yeah. because you realize everything I have is yours, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I have is yours. So I had a conversation with God, like, Lord, 
I really like this one. And I don't mind giving it. But God, I want to make sure that I give it at the right time. I don't want to give it wrongly. It needs to be right. Because I've given out of pressure before and out of compulsion and it wasn't right. If I give this, I need to know that it's right. Well, it turns out I was believing God for something. And, and I was believing the Lord for something specific, very specific. And all of a sudden, I heard from the Lord. You remember that favorite thing? Now, this was several months later. And he said, you remember that favorite thing? I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to give it right now. And see, there's something when you get, I, I've often said this, if it takes more than a couple of seconds for you to let go of something, you don't have it, it has you. If it takes you more than a couple of seconds, it has you. And so work on that. Do that little test with yourself. Like, you know, you've got something that's one of your favorites, you know. Be like, if God asked me to really give this right now, could I give it easily and cheerfully? Not, not oh, Jesus. You know, no, but easily and cheerfully. And, and then you, what you're doing is you're testing. Do I have it or does it have me? Get your heart right before he ever asks you so that when, you, when he does ask you, you can plan it easily and in love. And then, so anyway, he says, I was believing for something very specific and timely. Timely. I was believing for something specific and timely. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, you know that favorite one you got? I said, yeah. He said, I want you to give it. I want you to give it right now. I said, what? I said, and I knew it was God. And I knew it wasn't just like the wrong time. I knew it. I was like, glory, God made me excited because when God wants you to do something and it's right on on time, it's just like the most beautiful thing. It truly is more blessed to give than to receive. And so I gave, I gave. I'm talking about within a matter of minutes, the thing I was believing for, I had it in my hands. And what I was believing for was very specific. And it wasn't just a random, no, it was specific. The exact thing I was believing for within a matter of minutes. God had it all set up. He had it all set up. Love. Say it again. Love. Love. All right. Now you you do realize like I'm setting you up, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now. Love gives. gives. And don't don't be given under pressure or under compulsion. Let the Lord minister to your heart here. All right, now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians, you're going to catch it. It's so simple, you're going to catch it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. Dr. Richard hit this uh, scripture this morning. Watch this. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who Love him. Love for all those who for those that will give to him. 
things which I has not seen and ear has not heard, and those, who, and those things which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those that love him, for those that give to him. See, giving is an expression of love. And when we become givers of our stuff, not just our, our things, our material stuff, but our thoughts, our actions, our reasons for living, we give our time, we give our resources. Giving is the chief expression of love. And if, if he's prepared something for those who love him, then what it's saying here is when you take action to be obedient to God, God says, the things I've prepared for you, things you haven't even thought about yet. Another verse in Ephesians says, beyond all you can even ask or think. He says, the things I've prepared for you, when you become a giver and a cheerful and abounding giver, you're loving me. And when you love me, according to this verse, I have prepared stuff for you you can't even fathom. I've prepared things for you and I've prepared levels for you to step into. I've prepared life. I've prepared promotion. Put that verse back up. Don't take it off. I have prepared things that eye and ear has not seen. And when you love me and when you let go, of those things and you give to me and you love me by giving he says I release this that I've prepared for you see a lot of times we'll look around we'll look at you know some big minister and we'll say oh man look at all that stuff they have it it just comes so easy for them or you know this Christian or that Christian it just comes so easy I heard last time Dr. Richard was here you know they just gave him an iPad Pro you heard right. You heard right. We did. Just that easy. But you don't know what love he's released. That was prepared from the foundation of the world. Eyes hadn't seen it. You hadn't seen it. Not till we went to that Apple store that day. But he was carrying this old clunky iPad. You know, it was probably about that big. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was like the second generation. See, and, and, but you don't know what he's given in love. But he had never seen that one before. He could maybe imagine it, though. But God had prepared that for him for quite some time. That's just one example. That's just one example. God had prepared it. But see, I know him. He had released love. And when we love gives, and when we love on God, he says, I'll release what I've prepared for you. And let me just tell you from the get-go, this is what this verse is saying. Let me tell you, I got stuff for you you hadn't even thought about yet. And God says, look, just plug into my system. I got a better system than anybody else. Get your heart right. Don't let anything have you. And watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. Now this is not where you give under compulsion. Listen. If you're feeling like, well, he's just trying to get my money. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to get you into a system where the preparation of God can manifest. Yeah. The preparation of God can because that's the best thing I can do as a pastor. If you go over in the Second Corinthians 9, it'll say this, that everyone that's righteous has a harvest, 
But there, in verse 10, it shows us that everybody has a different harvest based off of what they do. In other words, just because you're righteous and in the, in the kingdom of God and in the family of God doesn't mean that you have the same harvest. Your harvest is based off of your giving. Your harvest is based off of your seed. It matches up with this verse. As we give in love, God says, I've already set it up. It's automatic. It's pre-programmed. You deposit into my kingdom and give and sow into my kingdom. I have prepared things to already be released into your life. See, what you see a lot of times with bigger ministers is you see what looks easy, but you didn't see the years that they had prepared their heart. The years that they had prepared their heart. How many people have seen um, Brother Copeland's jet that he has? The G5. Anybody seen it in person? Justin and I have. Yeah, it was in there that day we came through the hangar. Yeah, <laughs> there were a bunch of them there. It's a big plane. I think if you bought it brand new, it'd be something like, I don't know. I don't know what it would be brand new. I know, I know uh, they got it for a big, a big steal. Uh, not, you know, they didn't steal it, but it was <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Perry is the one that, one that have it, and he gave them a great deal on it. And then they they had to put in some different things to make it work for them, and they used that plane to fly ministers all around. But I know that they probably had uh, I think they have maybe twelve or thirteen million in it now, um, and that it was probably a twenty five million dollar airplane. And uh, what you said this morning is so important. What you said this morning is so important. Don't make an excuse for the blessing of God. You want me to get mad? Because my God is a good God? You want me to get upset? I'm, I'm here preaching about how good he is, but yet you don't want me to talk about how good he is. Well, what kind of sense does that make? None. None. See, and, and we have to understand, God wants you blessed. And he wants you blessed to the utmost. He doesn't want you just getting by. You know, our thinking needs to go bigger. But here's one, I've heard people talk about, well, you, he, he's got that jet, he's got that plane. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how many he's given away? Right. My understanding is, it's somewhat, not, not just planes, jets, yeah. which is a total different level. <laughs> not just planes, jets. My understanding is it's somewhere uh, around 27 or over, over the years. That's some giving yep. on another level. No wonder he's got another level thing. Right. No wonder. And God, and God is not a respecter person, but he is a respecter of faith. And I put this up real quick. Go to 2 Corinthians 8, and then we'll go and read through to verse 10. See, I thought this was going to be simple. I thought it was going to be about five minutes. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Now right before starting in verse 6, it talks about that he gives seed to the sower and we're to do what we purpose in our heart. Go ahead and put it up there. We're, we're to do what we purpose in our heart. He says, uh, verse, verse, are you at 6? We'll read that. Go back to verse 6. He says, 
And this, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In other words, you will reap and have a harvest based off of how you sow. Verse 7, he says, each one must do just as he purposed in his heart. Let me just throw you a little nugget right here. If you will purpose in your heart to give it, God will make it available for you to give. And what is that limited by? All, only what you can imagine. So if you will literally purpose in your heart to give $10 million, God will get $10 million a seed in your hand. That, he says he must do, see God's holding us accountable to do what we purposed. How can he hold us accountable to do what we purposed if he doesn't give us the seed to get it done? So if we will purpose in our heart before you ever have it in your hand, you will get to your heart and purpose. God says, I'll give seed to the sower. He says each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver. If, isn't it, shouldn't it be so that we read that and it says God loves a cheerful giver? We all say, well, Lord, help me be a cheerful giver because I want you to love me. Because yeah. love gives. Yeah. It's good when you know scripture. <laughs> Verse 8. He says, and God is able. I love this verse. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Say to me. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Listen, God wants his children to have an abundance so that every good work that he wants to work through them is easy to do. And if we reject abundance, literally we're rejecting the good work that God wants us to do. Why would I tell you about how good God is and then reject the way that he wants to bring about his goodness? No way. No way. God is so good. Oh, Lord, please don't pour out that blessing on me because I just, I got to stay humble. You can be humble in abundance. Actually, true humility is when you actually humble yourself to what the word says. You want to get in humility, get your heart right where it's not loving money, where you can hold abundance without loving it. That's true humility. And when humility is there, when we submit ourselves to God and move in humility, he pours out grace and greater grace. He says this, have an abundance for every good deed. See, there's a lot of people that they've been told by religious people all over, well, you just got, you can't have too much. You know, don't go after God's hand. I said it this week on the broadcast. You can't go after God and not go after his hand because they're one in the same. They're one in the same. His hand is him. His goodness is him. He, Moses says, show me your glory. He says, I'll cause all my goodness to pass before you. Why? In other words, that's who I am. I'm goodness. What are you saying? I'm goodness. You want to see me? You want to see my glory? You're going to see all of me, and it's all good. That's what God's saying in his word. I'll cause my goodness to go before you. You can't separate the two. See, religions try to put this in little boxes so we don't have responsibility for faith. This takes faith. 
And God is pleased with faith, and he's not pleased with the lack of it. Go ahead, verse 9. He says, as it is written, he that scatters brawls he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. In other words, this is what he's describing is love. He says, love gives. He scatters abroad. This evening and this week, we have the, the great, great blessing to be able to give into a ministry that is taking the love of God and spreading God's goodness and his glory all around the world, all around the world. And every meeting that Richard and Rhonda have, I can tell you the love of God is poured out. And that's what we're sowing into. Go to, go to this next verse, verse 10. He says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower. See, when you purpose in your heart to become a sower, when you purpose in your heart to become a sower, God says, oh, here's some seed. Here's some seed. Brother Hagin used to say this. He had a guy who said, Brother Hagin, I'd just give you something if I had any seed to give. He said, if you don't have any seed, I wouldn't tell anybody because that means you don't have a heart to give it. Because he says, God makes a promise. I provide seed to the sower. And if I've ever found myself without seed, I start working on my heart real quick. Say, Lord, oh, let me get back in sowing position. In Jesus' name, purpose in my heart to be a sower. Because I need seed to sow. Because he'll supply seed to the sower. That's a supernatural power and favor and grace that he'll pour out based off of the condition of your heart to give. Love gives. He who supplies seed uh, to the sower and bread for food will supply, and I love this, multiply your seed for sowing. He'll take the very seed he gave you and already multiply it. And then it says, and watch this, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Increase the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, everybody in here, if you know Jesus, you are righteous. But not everybody in here has the same harvest. And the harvest is based off the seed that we sow. So if I want to increase the harvest and do more uh, good works for God, then I've got to increase what I give. I've got to increase what I sow. That means I've got to change how I purpose in my heart. And so tonight, as we give, what I want you to do, and every night that you give, is say this, Lord, let me work on me. Let me open up my heart to be a greater sower than I've ever been before. Lord, let me be like, like Brian and Nicole, crazy giving. Lord, let it be crazy giving. Father, what would you have me to give tonight in Jesus' name? What would you have me to give today? Lord, I purpose in my heart to be a big giver. And look, and there's a couple of different ways that you can do. You can say, Lord, what is that that you want me to sow today? But then you can also say, I want to sow this much. I'm purposing in my heart to sow this much. You just show me, tell me yes on that, that's what I'm giving. And he'll, he'll give you seed that you can sow. So I want you right now, just close your eyes, stand on your feet. Maybe I should have said stand on your feet and then close your eyes. Yeah. Sometimes you learn some stuff over a few years. And, and just hold it up in your hand. Do you recognize that what you're holding in your giving 
is a part of your life. It's a part of your worship. Father, this represents us. This represents our love to you. And Lord, it represents our worship to you. Father, we're believing tonight that supernaturally you will open up the blessing and favor of God on every person that's watching, whether they're online or whether they're here in person. Lord, open it up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just ask right now, the heart that each person has to sow into this ministry for your sake, Lord. Lord, the heart that we have to sow into this ministry, multiply it by that heart. With the heart that they're sowing tonight, Lord, let that seed be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men multiply that harvest back to them into their bosom in Jesus' name. Now as you give tonight, and as you come forward and, and put, it in the, put it in the basket, I don't want you to just come up here and drop it like you're doing a drill in elementary school. I don't want you to just be like, all right now children, line up and everybody drop it in the basket. No, don't let it be that stale. When you, when you put this in tonight, say, Lord, I'm planning this with my love. I love you. I'm planning this with my worship. Lord, I'm planting this. I'm planning this, Lord. With hope, with faith, and with love. And I'm planning, Lord, and I know that this is seed into your kingdom. And when I plant it tonight, things are going to change in my life. Things are changing off of what I'm sowing tonight. My life will not be the same after I plant this seed tonight because I see your word and I trust your word and I know that it's a supernatural harvest. Many times God spoke to his people by the Holy Ghost by saying this, now concerning giving and receiving, it's not just one way. God does not want you to see giving as only a one-way deal. No, there's traffic. There's giving and receiving. And just as quickly as you are sowing, the harvest is being prepared for you to reap. Plant it in faith, in Jesus' name. Father, just hold it up right now. Connect your heart with your giving. Lord, as we give tonight, we plant it in faith. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, we worship you, and we give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can bring it up, plant it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're giving online, you can go to givebc.org. Or, uh, yeah, you can make the check out to Voice of Revival. Yeah, amen. Amen. I was hoping somebody would do it. You can go to givebc.org or if you're watching on Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate and the amount after that, we will get it uh, to Dr. Richard and his ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Things change. Things change. When you start attaching faith and hope 
and love to every action that you do. Hope is an expectation. Things are changing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, bless it. The level at which people give, let it be blessed. Let it be overflowing, supernatural, exponential multiplication of the seed in Jesus' name. Is there anybody that receives it? Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Things are changing today. Yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. Yeah. I don't even want to ask how long that was. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't five minutes or ten minutes. Just right. Just right. There's some things that God wants you to break out into. One thing that I'll, you've heard me say if you've been here is that finances is like the 101 of Christianity. If you can get on top of your finances, you can start to understand all kinds of things about faith. You can understand how the kingdom works. He says the kingdom of God is like a seed. And when you understand that, things change in your life. And he says this, he's talking about money directly. Talking about money directly. It's important that y'all are here tonight. It's important that you're here tonight. I don't know all the details of it. I can just sense it in my spirit. It's important that you're here tonight. And even that message right there, it's important that you're here. Something, it's like that message is going to sit, the offering message is going to sit, and it's bringing up some other stuff. And I know y'all been givers. I can feel it in my heart. And y'all been givers on things, but Lord's taking you to another level, and it's important. There's more coming. It's not just that part. There's more tonight for you in Jesus' name. That you felt the prompting of the Holy Ghost to get here. Because I know y'all drove to get here. You felt the prompting of the Holy Ghost to get here. And that took obedience and esteem. And God sees it and he says, those who honor me, I will honor. And he's going to honor you tonight. You might not know all the details surrounding it, but he's honoring you tonight. Because he sees your heart and he sees your honor. And he doesn't take that lightly. He's a good God and he loves you. He's got good stuff for you. Amen. But he says this, this is what I came over here to say. <laughs> that all was extra. Um, but it was good. He says this, he says concerning money, he says, if you won't handle this little thing right, how will I give you the true riches of the kingdom? Now the reason I say that to you guys is I know that you are called and designed to handle the true riches of the kingdom of God. I'm talking about the working of miracles. I'm talking about moving in words of wisdom and knowledge, the gifts of the spirit. But how are you going to handle the, the true spiritual riches of the kingdom of God if you don't understand money and you don't get on top of that, right? And that means you've got to move to the places of God's abundance. And I don't think that you have any issue with that. It's just like giving you an oomph and an encouragement like, yeah, yeah. And when you get to that place where it's just easy, you know, I've found that the Lord uses, uses finances and the joy of the Lord to keep the religious demons away. And when you understand the flow of those things, there's a couple other things too, but those are two major ones. You start talking about money, it's amazing how religious devils get mad. You start having the joy break out. It's funny how religious people, they don't like that stuff. Mm-mm. No, that, that, that just looks so out of order. Yeah, I know, it's out of your order because it's a different kingdom than that religious spirit. So amen. Oh, man. 
Dr. Richard. This is my friend. He's awesome. And he is a blessed gift of God. And I want you to know that he is not here lightly. What the Lord told me to tell you about him tonight is I was ministering. Some of you may remember I was ministering. I think I was walking somewhere about over here. And I said, and we're going to have Dr. Richard soon. That came out of my spirit by the Holy Spirit. This was a meeting this week ordained by God for you to be here. And we are ready to receive because we, we see and esteem what God has. Amen. I love you. Amen. Love you. Isn't the Lord good? Yeah. I, I, pr- I appreciate Holy Ghost friends, you know, Holy Ghost men of faith and power. Amen. amen. Come on, church. Amen. amen. And I appreciate Pastor, Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole. You guys are awesome people, very dear to my heart and, and Sister Rhonda's heart, my wife's heart, and we love you dearly. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. It's a, it's a, the, the, one of the tricks the enemy is to, is, is to get people in dead churches or not church at all. Yeah. Because if you're in a dead church, guess what? You'll die. And then there'll be no life about you. Your prayers will be dead. Come on, church. Listen yeah. to me. Amen. Or get out of church. Then you get out of church. Then you're out of fellowship and a relationship with God. If you're out of church, you're out of relationship with God. Because, the, because people that are in a relationship with God want everything that God wants. And he told us not to forsake the gathering together of ourselves. Yeah. Amen. And there, there's times that you're going to need your own to go to. Just like when Peter and John going to the gate called Beautiful. That's right. Remember that miracle that took place? Well, after they was arrested and they was commanded no longer to preach in that name, the Bible says they went to their own. You've got to have a place that's called your home. You've got to go to your own. And it's got to be people are full of faith and power. Amen. Amen. I remember last year. I wasn't even going to share this, but I remember last year I was in revival. It was in five-week revival. And after, I think it was after the third week, my wife and I flew up to, to uh, thank you, Father, tonight f- yeah. for mighty things you do in Jesus' yeah. name. We give you all the glory and honor in the name that's above every name. Father, this is your house. Do whatever yes. you want to do in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 You know, this church isn't here to accommodate you. This church is here to accommodate the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Yes. People want to people want to build a, an, an, a big, beautiful building to accommodate people. That's the wrong purpose. Right. The building is built to accommodate the Holy Ghost because it's all about the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm so glad to see this is like my daughter here. You know, I don't I don't claim Caleb, but Victoria. <laughs> I'm teasing. I mean, she she she's I've known Victoria before she was. When she was in her mama's womb, she's like a daughter for and she interned under our ministry, and I had her working on a manual that we're still, I was actually working on it just on the flight uh, here. Yeah, she, I'll tell you, one of the things, one of the things that, and I'm going to get back to what I said a moment ago, but one one, one of the things that, um, is that I appreciated is that I went through, I went through the scriptures, and I got all the scriptures on the subject of healing which is over 500 of them. And because I find the two areas that the church, and, and this should not be, but the two areas that the church struggle the most in is in the area of healing, walking in divine health, and in the area of finances. 
Everywhere I go, I'll, I'll show of hands how many of you need healing, half the people in the church or more. How many need a financial breakthrough? It's like almost 100% of the people. And the reality is that should not be. Yes. When, you get into the, when you get into the scriptures, because this has to be our plumb line, this has to be the basis for everything we believe. We don't believe what we believe because our favorite pastor says it or favorite evangelist says it. We believe it because God said it. Yeah. Amen? And understand, this, this is not a book about somebody. This book is somebody. And we have to get into it because every word every word's alive. Matter of fact, the Bible says that his words in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, that his, his word is life unto those who find. Amen? His word is life unto those who find it and health, or that word health is the word medicine, medicine to all flesh. But the key there, people, and people want to quote that. Yeah, his word's life to, to, to my flesh. But the reality is that's not what he said. He didn't say my word is life to, to he did not say his word is life to your flesh. He said his word is life to those who find. Yeah. And then it becomes life to your flesh. You got to find and in order, listen to me, in order to find, you got to get into it and you got to do some searching. You got to do some seeking. The only way to find is seek. And when you seek, you'll find, and what you'll find is that His Word will come alive to you and it'll be medicine to all your flesh. Yeah. Amen? And so, so, this is such an area that's dear to my heart. You know, one of the things you'll find that I'll always end up to every, in every meeting, you know, whatever's in you, yeah, I can get out talk. I can, I can start talking about, you know, preaching on the genealogies, end up talking about healing. <laughs> and so, I went through the scriptures and had, had uh, Vic, uh, uh, Victoria, uh, one of her projects as an intern was to, is to take every scripture that I had. And there's over 400, oh, sorry, there's over 500 of them. Do you know when God says something over and over and over, there's a reason, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, it's just like my, my, my wife used to tell my daughter on a constant basis, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. How many parents have to tell your kids, clean their room? Why do you keep telling them over and over and over? <laughs> because you want, you want them to know something. You want something done. You want the room clean. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The only reason you tell them is when you tell them you're, you are re Filling your will for them. My will for you is to go clean your room. Yes. And God, over 500 times, he's, there's over 500 scriptures on the subject of healing. And isn't it amazing how the church still struggles in this area? Right. Do you know there's over 2,000 scriptures on the subject of blessing? There's over 500 scriptures on the subject of prayer. So how many you know God wants us to pray? Amen? And so I had Victoria, one of her jobs as an intern is to take every single scripture on the subject of healing and, and, and go through. It's like 100, it's like 195 translations. Wow. <laughs> one thing's for sure, she left, she left the year of interning for us full of the word. <laughs> She, 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 she left, well, one thing's for sure, you will not be able to come and convince this girl that healing's not for today. She, I, could, I could promise you, she can probably quote more scriptures on healing than you can look up. So, and so, uh, and so we'll, we'll, we'll get in that, we'll get it out. But um, maybe I need to hire now, pay her now. <laughs> Because she was an intern, so we, she's supposed to sow her time. So, 
<laughs> uh, but she's such a blessing to me, and, and Caleb as well. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord. And so, but what I was saying is that you have to have a place to go to. You've got to have a place of faith. You know, yeah. a few years ago, last year, I was in revival, and we went, flew up to a wedding and uh, to Cincinnati. And uh, <clears throat> so I just rented a car and drove back to, to Virginia, actually, where I just came from. And um, as, we're, as we're driving down the road, you know, it started to sleet and stuff. And I was on 64 going east. And, and about an hour before, I slid a little bit. And so I noticed that, that cars are passing me in the slow lane, which is my pet peeve. <laughs> I mean, don't drive slow in the fast lane. There's a reason why it's called a flash lane, to go fast. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen. Yes, amen. Yes, I'm one of those people that get it right on your rear end and honk and flash the lights. Move out of my way. I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the speed limit 70, you're not supposed to do 70. <laughs> In a fast lane. <laughs> I know I can hear people, oh, you're, you're advocating speeding. Well, you know, Brother Richard, the speed limit 70, you know, you do 71. You know, you, you, you know the, the Lord will get out of the car. I thought somebody come tell me one time, because uh, I, I it, anyway. So, <laughs> and they said, you know, if you, if the speed limit's seventy, you do seventy-one. The the Lord gets out of the car, and you're on your own. I said, well, you know what I found out? What did you find out? I said, when I do over a hundred, I found out the devil gets out. This, this is the home of NASCAR. You go, you come on, you know. Jeez, man. <laughs> I did, I did, yeah, all of you in agreement on that one, you know. <laughs> Some of you are probably thinking, he does that. That's low. <laughs> come on, sure. Come on, you have me know what I'm talking about. Come on, I even know I'm preaching to the choir. Come on, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Get out of the slow lane. Anyway, so uh, I was in the slow lane. I mean, I was in the fast lane, sorry. I mean, actually, you get out of the fast lane is what I meant. So I was in the fast lane, and people were passing me. So I thought, man, I, I'm, I, I don't like it, so I'm going to get over in the slow lane. Well, when I did, I hit black ice, and I spun the vehicle around. I was talking on Bluetooth. I, was, I mean, I had both hands on the wheel, but I had Bluetooth talking to a, another minister, a friend of mine in Georgia. And... So I, I, I swung around. I was going east. Next thing you know, now I'm facing west <laughs> on the interstate. But, but the, 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 the momentum of the spin took me into the medium, and I flipped and had my wife and had our, had our little dog in the car, which is really my daughter's dog, but she got married and became our dog. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I mean, it's just a little, it's just a little, Victoria knows about bandit. It's just a little, you know, Overgrown rat, and <laughs> nah, bandits. I love bandit, and um, he's like sixteen. And and um, anyway, so the momentum took me, and I flipped the car. I flipped a, uh, I flipped the SUV, and I flipped it, and I slid upside down with my wife and the dog in the car upside down, and came swung back over and uh, uh, came uh, landed on the wheels. And so I flipped the car, totaled it. And, and I was on the phone. And 
uh, on the Bluetooth. And, and as, soon, as, soon as, I, soon, as soon as it was over, I, I hear my friend going, Richard, Richard, Richard. And I go, I said, Sean. I said, I just flipped the car. He goes, no, I heard it. <laughs> I said, Sean, I said, did I say anything? And he goes, yeah, you said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> and I went, whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> You know, you know when you when you're in the presser, you, you whatever's in you is gonna come out of you. I, I, I thank God it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, <laughs> you feel me? You know what I mean? <laughs> then I looked. <laughs> <then> I looked <laughs> <laughs> Then I looked over at my wife, and I was fine. Then I looked over at my wife, and, and she just had a, a little, she was fine. She just had a little thing of, little, like, just a little strand of blood coming down, not, not much. And you could probably, you know, because when, when we flipped, you know, something flew and hit her and whatever. And maybe the dog, I don't know. But she, <laughs> but she, <laughs> Actually, I looked back and saw the dog, and he's like, I mean, traumatized, you know. But, but, but the person, oh my, it's going to be an awesome week, you don't want to miss. And then the, uh, So the first thing I did after making sure my wife's okay, I called my pastor. And I, 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 I Pastor Audie, and I called him, and, and I told him what happened. And before I can go into even, even any detail, in the name of Jesus, let me start praying. See, you need that. Yeah. Yes. That's why you need to be in a good Holy Ghost church where yeah. the pastor's full of God and full of faith and full of the Word. Hello, amen? Because if not, you're, you're out there on your own, and there will come a time that you will need it. Amen? I was so thankful that I had a pastor at that moment. Amen? And then, you know, then I, because then I, the airbags deployed, and, you know, I was getting out of the car, and, and this, I'm drawing this out, but it was like, like that. And there was two big old bubbas right there, man. This is West Virginia. I was in Hurricane West Virginia. I remember when I put my wife, they wanted to just, just make sure everything's okay, put her in the ambulance, and I, I said, where are we? We're in, oh, we're in hurricane. He goes, no, hurricane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I don't, I'm not saying that they could have been angels. I mean, he's, they, they, they said we watched the whole thing. Could have been angels. But you know, the Bible says he redeems our life from destruction. Yeah. And, and we're going to get into some things because the reality is people don't even know this great salvation we got and what it all yeah. entails. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Understand something. Jesus did not come and die just to give us interest, interest, entrance way to heaven and then leave us on our own. Amen? Amen. And so, I, you know, they, they, they helped and they opened up the door. <laughs> you know, the first thing I did, 
when after I made sure my wife's okay and I got out of the car, the first thing I did was I did this. <laughs> I, want, I want to smoke my golf swing wasn't hurt. I did. <laughs> I, I'm right there in the middle, in the, in the middle of 64. Okay, whoo, hallelujah. I know, I'm not hurt. <laughs> I did. I was like, because anybody that knows me, I'm, I'm a very, I mean, Victoria knows, I'm, I'm a very avid golfer. And <laughs> that's an understatement probably. I love the game. Matter of fact, I was just, I was just thinking about the goodness of God. When, when, that was awesome, by the way. That was awesome. I mean, what you said is so true. People want to preach about the goodness of God. They want to hear about the goodness of God. But when you start talking about the, actually the manifestation of his goodness, you get all mad. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? He's good. Yes. You know, I believe God believed I believed God for 24 years, just because I am a very avid golfer, and um, I uh, I believed God for 24 years to play a certain golf course. Yeah, it's impossible to to play. As a matter of fact, when I tell people I'm gonna play this golf course, they laugh. Oh yeah, who do you know? <laughs> Actually, I know the one that created the whole world. <laughs> uh, he created the earth. Come on. Yeah. I, he, what kind of statement is that? Let me tell you who I know. Yeah. You know him too. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? But the problem is, is that people, people don't act, people, they, they know about him, but they never access him. Yeah. That was powerful right there. Yeah. Yeah. People know him, but they don't access him. Right. Do you realize nothing's impossible? Do you realize absolutely nothing is impossible? Right. No, absolutely nothing is impossible. No, absolutely nothing is impossible. See, I can tell you don't have a revelation of that because yeah. if you really did, you'd be running around this church. <laughs> all things are possible to yeah. him who believes the Bible says. All, do you know what that means? All things are possible? Yeah. All things are possible. Yeah. And I, I believed God to play a certain golf course. And it's very exclusive, very exclusive. And um, it's one of those courses that you can have in the world when money's not an issue. Of course, the most wealthiest people in the world are members, but they don't, some of them don't even play golf. Just, they just members so they can say they're members of this course. And, uh, and so, you know, I'd tell people how I'm going to play there, and they'd laugh because I, I learned the secret of accessing God. I learned how to access God. Yeah. And if you listen this week, you'll find out how to access. Actually, actually that's half true. Because you've already learned how to access God because you have a pastor that preaches the word of God. Yeah. Amen. So the reality is you do know how to access God. You've got to take it from just hearing to doing. Right. Amen. It's one thing to be a hearer of the word. It's a whole other thing to be a doer. Right. Amen. Yeah. And we've got to be doers of the word. Amen. We've got to be doers. Not just hearers. We've got to be doers. Yeah. And here's the reality. No matter what you're facing right now, everything changes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No matter what you're going through right now, everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. No, financially, uh, what's, oh, it, it changes. What's going on in your body, everything changes. So I learned the secret of accessing God. And, and so I just released my faith. And you know what? <laughs> For 24 years, I believed God. 24 years. And then the day came, and it's, and, and it's always through people. See, everything God does, God does by the Holy Ghost, but he uses people. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's why I don't write people off. Amen? Don't write. You know what? If people that are money. People that are after the money, they 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 all, they only think that people that dress nice or drive nice cars. Have money. 
and they might just push away somebody, that, and I've watched it, push away somebody that, that has a lot of money, but they just don't show it. That's right. Amen? But God's going to use people. Yeah. Listen, God, your blessing comes by people. God uses people. Yeah. I mean, how many times has God put somebody on your heart, and you've gone to bless them with something, and they just like, oh, man, we've been, we just prayed, we needed this so bad. We how many have that happened? Why? Well, God heard their cry. But God, by the Holy Ghost, used somebody, spoke yeah. to somebody's heart to go do something. Why? Because God uses people. How many of you had that happen to you? You really needed something, believing for something, and all of a sudden yeah. somebody gives it to you. Why? Yeah. See, God uses people. That's why, don't think, don't, don't think that God don't need you. No, He does need you. Yes. Oh, God needs you. Because He, he advances His kingdom in the earth through people. Right. Amen? Amen? And um, so, I, I remember that I got, got this phone call because... Uh, uh, actually, Pastor Roddy and I both, just because we both uh, love golf, and uh, <clears throat> and so we we'd been praying for 24 years, believing God for 24 years, and uh, and so uh, somebody came came to to his house, and and he has he has a all the golf courses that he played that he's played, he has a wall with the ball, a logo of that course, and and, and it's, it's a huge wall. It's one of the things I wish I'd have started doing, but it's, it's too late now. Well, it's not too late. I can always start, but I'm, I'm so far ahead. I mean, I've played <laughs> so many courses. And uh, so anyway, so, so the gentleman sees a, 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 a golf ball says Augusta on it. And so the gentleman says, have you played that course? He said, no, that's my faith ball. Amen. And so as, as this couple, uh, sorry, as this guy and one of my best friends was driving back to Georgia, he said, he, he said, you know, my family knows a member. I'm going to see if I can't get Richard and you and Pastor Rodney on. <laughs> and so next thing you know, we get, a, we get an email and we get a phone call that, that the day's set. And so the member came, the member, listen, <laughs> we flew there in a, in, a, in a private jet. And I dressed like this, suit on and everything. And uh, <laughs> I mean, we was like, I, I went out and bought me a special outfit to wear. So, so did they. I was, I was like, a little, we, we was taking pictures of ourselves. This is what I'm wearing. As we sit in the back and forth each other, this is what I'm wearing. <laughs> we was like little schoolgirls, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so, so we get there, and, and you know, we flew in a private jet, got picked up in a big, you know, Mercedes van, and and got in, drove down Magnolia Lane, which I think is the most beautiful drive in the world. And you pull in, and boom, there's, there's, there's Augusta. And, and so we went into the locker room and changed into our golf attire and went to the range. And then we went to the first tee. And so it's myself and Pastor Rodney and Pastor Mike Childs and, and the member. And, and so we're on the first tee and, and got the four caddies and got the, I think, the head pro and the, I guess, the. Uh, maybe the minister, I forget who he was, administrator of the course or something. And, and uh, so the member says, says, Richard, tee off first. So you know what I did? Took my hat off and I bit down and I kissed the tee box. I went, mm. Then I said to my caddy, I said, you ever seen anybody kiss the tee box? He said, he said, Mr. Moore, he said, I've seen grown men cry like babies. Because it's that exclusive. I said, I believe God for 24 years. So I said, I said, I've believed God for 24 years to play here, and now I'm walking. I'm, but I, but I already saw myself doing it. See, faith, faith sees yourself doing it before you do it. Yeah. 
But I saw myself doing it, and everywhere I'd go, I'd talk about it. I'm going to play Augusta. I'm going to play Augusta. I'm going to play Augusta. And we did. We went and played, 20, we went and played, played 27 holes, and went eight, 18 holes. First played 18 holes. Then we went in to eat lunch in there, which was almost un, uncommon, unheard of. So we went to eat lunch in there, and we're sitting there, and, and the, wait, the waiters come, and <clears throat> all dressed up in their nines, and, you know, and the member said, Richard, go ahead and order. I said, sir, can I get a menu? He leans back in his chair and he goes, son, this is Augusta. He says, we don't have menus. Just tell them what you want and they'll go make it. <laughs> and if they don't have it, they'll go get it. I'm like, oh, I'm Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, then we played 27 holes. And, and you know what? I didn't really play that good, but I didn't care. I, I'm, walking, yeah. I'm walking out faith. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying the reality of what I believe for, yeah. for 24 years. Amen? Amen. See, I'm testifying right now of his goodness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not just telling about telling, I'm testifying of his goodness. Yeah. You know what's so amazing is, is some of those, some of my friends that, that when they found out I played Augusta, because I because trust me, I took pictures and I posted them all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and I still do. <laughs> and and I get all I got all these phone calls. Hey man, can you get me on? Can you get me on? Can you get me on? I said, no. I said, I believe God to play. You believe God. <laughs> then they laugh. Then they laugh again when I say, hey, but you know, I'm going to be a member here too one day. It's coming by faith. Amen. 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 I'm going to be a member. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen. Then I testify about, you know, what happened to me. This was not long, what, long, what year or two ago. I was, because I played in 2012. By faith, I'm playing again next year. Hallelujah. Amen. So I got on the plane. I got on the plane one day. And I was getting on the plane, and, and as soon as you walk in, you know, there's a first-class section, and I was walking through, and I saw this guy. <laughs> he had a he had a Augusta hat and Augusta shirt on. So I'm walking by my bag, and I stopped, and I said, Sir, you played Augusta? He goes, Oh, no, it's a dream. It probably never happened. I said, I played there. And went off on. <laughs> <laughs> testify. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Testify. <laughs> Come on, testify. No, testify. See, the enemy wants you to shut your mouth because every time you testify of something that God does, it brings glory to who he is. It brings glory to his glory and to his majesty. Come on, church, testify. And he's been good to every single one of us in this house. No, he's been good to every single one of us. God has only been good to us. Amen? Every time God does something, testify. Amen? Testify. Come on, no, testify. No, testify of his goodness. Amen? Testify who he is. Because he is so good. No, no, he is so good. No, no, he is so good. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk to you even more about the goodness of God. If you turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Let's, let's look at his goodness in display. On display. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, he's so good, isn't he? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Only thing, the only thing about this iPad, you don't have to help me because I put it on his, well, you, you see me in my meetings sometimes, it's his face, I got to. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
his presence, there's fullness of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Some of you need it. I can tell I'm looking at you. <laughs> and his presence is fullness. Yeah. Amen. Fullness. 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 Do you know our cup is to overflow? No, our cup is to overflow. Yeah. Our, listen, don't, don't, ha don't have a, a half-empty cup. Yeah. No, don't have. God, that's not God's will for your life. That's right. God's willing for you to have a half-empty cup. Yeah. It's not even His will for you to have a full cup. It's God's will for your cup to overflow. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Overflow all over the, uh, over the table and yeah. all down the table on the floor. Overflow. Over that's just who He is. Yeah. Amen? Oh, when you, come, when you come into an understanding of who He is, when you come into an understanding of who God is, oh, just how big He yes, is. Yeah. Oh, just how good He is. I promise you one thing that will happen. You'll up your asking. That's right. Amen? Because everybody, well, everybody, not to say everybody, but too many people ask in accordance, they ask God in accordance to what they can do. No, don't ask God in accordance to what you can do. Ask God in accordance to what only He can do. Yeah. That's why I ask big. Yeah. I mean, ask. I'm saying ask. A-S-K. <laughs> ask big. <laughs> ask. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people, because of my draw, you know, they're just like, do you hear what he just said? No, I said ask. A-S-K. <laughs> ask big. Amen. Ask big. Come on. Ask big. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Oh, what happened to it now? I think I just I think I just lost something in my notes on my phone. How the heck did that happen? It's gone. <laughs> I wish we just I just need to go back to notebook and <laughs> I just saw it go whoop. That means it's gone. I think you, I think you could redelete it here. No, I actually I got it's actually I, I don't know what I was going to say. But. Oh, hallelujah! I'm actually showing you by example how to be free. Yeah. I'm actually showing you yeah. example how to get healed. Yeah. Without having hands played upon you. Amen. <laughs> a merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen. From the from from listen by joy do we draw from the wells of salvation. Amen. God's good. Come on, He's good. Come on, He's good. Testify. Testify. You know, every time you testify, you begin to relive it. That's why if I start telling my testimony, what happened to me in January of 1990, I that same, that same, that same fire comes. Uh, the same, no, it's, it, why? Because God's alive. Yes. No, he's alive. Yeah. And every time you testify, you're testifying about a God that's alive and you relive it. Yeah. I mean, how do we overcome? Yeah. My, by the word, by, by, the, by the blood, amen? By the, by the, oh, rasa karabakita. By our testimony.
Come on, hallelujah. <laughs> Got a hook up here, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Have you found Isaiah 53? <laughs> you ain't found it by now, forget it. <laughs> Just look at your friends. <laughs> Just look at your neighbors. All right. <laughs> oh my! Oh yeah! This is just one night. This is just day one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I want you to listen to me. Jesus did not come here. I said this morning. Jesus did not come here. Listen. Jesus did not come here. <clears throat> Just to die and give us entrance into heaven. He came, here to, he came here to give us things. He came here to give us his life. And he came here to give us the authority and the power to live and, and operate in this life. To function in this life. Amen. You don't have to be, you, don't, you, you do not have to bow to the world. You have authority over the kingdom of darkness that, that rules this world. The Bible says that Satan is the god of this world. But guess what? You have authority and you have power. You don't, just have, you don't have to just take what just comes your way. But so many people are of that, they are of that belief system that, well, what if, if obviously this, it's happening, so it must be God. And that tornado that came and took out that trailer park must be God. All that destruction that happened must be God. And isn't it amazing that everybody, I mean, even insurance companies will call it an act of God. I mean, you listen to people, God's doing everything. But the, real, but the reality is this, is that God has not put us here just, just to survive on our own and our own strength and our own power and our own knowledge and just to, just, just to hold on and just make it until he comes back for us. No, he's put us here to rule and to reign. He's given us, he's given us a sword. He's given us tools. He's given us a weapon. Amen? Amen. Come on, he's, give, he's, give, he's given us weapons, and our weapons are mighty to the pulling yes. down of all strongholds. Yes. Amen? Yes. No, our we, we have the greatest weapons there are. Yes. No, and it, our, our weapons pushes back the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. No, our weapons are weapons from heaven. Yeah. Amen? And God expects us to exercise our authority. He expects us to walk in our authority. Amen? Yeah. Not just barely making it. No. And you see, the church world for some reason, they're fine with being stuck in the corner eating from the crumbs that fall from the wealthy's table. Right. That's not God's best. No. no, that's not God's best. And it's time that we stop apologizing yeah. and it's time that we stop backing down because we're going to offend somebody when we talk about wealth. God came to give us wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I tell people, well, if you don't like wealth, then, then go somewhere else where they'll preach about poverty. Isn't it amazing how people, how people they glorify poverty? Yeah. Which is, which is from hell. It's a curse. Yeah. Amen? I remember I was with a pastor one, many years ago. He, he wanted to take me up and show me how poor certain areas was. I'm like, why are you taking me here? Well, just to show you how poor it was. He got offended at me. I said, I don't want to go. Take me to somewhere that's wealthy. <laughs> take me to a wealthy area, not a poor area. Because that's, you're showing me a curse. Yeah. Amen? I'm not interested in that. 
But yet, it's amazing how people get all upset about it, because, but that's how they think. Right. And the Bible says, as a, as a man thinks, so is he. You know why? Because a man's, what, whatever a man thinks, hello, whatever a man thinks, he speaks. Yeah. And whatever he speaks, listen to me very closely, whatever he speaks, he sets, a, he sets in law, emo, he, sets a, he sets in law, he, he sets in motion a law. Do you realize that, and we'll get into this this week by the leading of the Holy Ghost, if that's how he leads, but do you realize every word, every word you speak, either you, you either give access to God or you give access to the enemy. Every word you speak, amen? Every single word you speak. Why? Because words are life. The Bible says that the words that we speak, we either speak life or we speak in death. That's why, well, Brother Richard, are you saying that I need to be careful what I'm saying? Absolutely, you need to be careful what you're saying. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, one of the tricks of the enemy, he'll come and put you in a, situa a situation and put pressure on you uh, just to get you to say something. Why? Because the moment you say something, you set in motion a law. People come, I tell you, I'm just going I'm I'm, I'm to tell him what I think. I'm just going to get this off my chest. No, you better not. Because you're going to set in motion a law. Got awful quiet in here. But that's good because you, you, you need to be watchful for what you say. Amen? Yeah. You know, because the reality is every single one of us are where we are right now because of how we've talked in the past and what we've given in the past. Yeah. Amen? And we've got to change that. We've got to change that. Come on, we've got to change that. Yeah. Come on, we've got to change that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But Jesus did not come here. Listen to me. Jesus did not leave heaven, come to this earth, <clears throat> go through the scourging, hung, hang on a cross, go to hell, be raised from the dead, sit at the right hand of the Father for you and I to live defeated, sick, and poor on our way to heaven. Right. Amen. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came to give us life, and he came to give us the life of the Father. And the Bible says that if you're born again, the Bible says that you become a partaker of God's divine nature. But here's the reality. The reality is this. Unless you know the scriptures, listen to me. God can never use you beyond the knowledge of his word that you have. That's right. That's why we've got to get into it, and we've got to devour it. Amen? We've got to get into it, and we've got to devour it. No, we got to get into it and we got to devour it. And I find that I find that people just get comfortable and they 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 they, they just they're, they're comfortable. They're just comfortable with going to the doctor and getting on medicine. They're just comfortable having having their whatever it is they have. And just because you know the, the you know I got this medicine, I'll just take the medicine. But that's not God's highest. That's not God's best. Amen. No, that's not God's highest. That's not God's best. That's right. No, come on, that's not God's highest. That's not His best. Yeah. Amen. Because we are the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. Amen? And so, but we have to get into the Word of God so we, know, so, so we understand what, what to believe and then how to release our faith. Because it is a faith life. It is a faith walk. We are to live by faith in this life. We're not to live by what we see, what we feel. We're to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Or the, the word just is the same word righteous. The righteous shall live by faith. Amen? Yeah. No, come on. We are to live by faith. We're yeah. to operate by faith. Yeah. Well, what's faith founded in? In the Word of God. Because you can't pray for faith. Amen? You can't fast for faith. 
No, no, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen? Amen. Why do you think the woman with the issue of blood said, when I touch him, I'm going to be made whole? Because she heard, and the Bible says that after she heard, she said. Actually, in the Greek, it denotes continuous action. She kept saying over and 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 over. Do you know that she put in law, she didn't even know what she was doing, but you know she put in law, she put, listen to me, she put in motion a law. Yes. She put in motion a law. It's a spiritual law. Because yes. you'll, ha- you'll have yeah, yeah. what you say. That's Come on. Right. You'll have what you say. Yeah. You will have what you say. Yeah. You'll have what you say. Yeah. No, you'll have what you say. I mean, I, I, even with this COVID thing, I mean, it's such a joke. Yeah. You know, such a joke. I mean, this mask nonsense is such a joke. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, go to a restaurant, put a mask on, walk six feet and take it off. Right. You know, that's like being in a swimming pool and asking, where can I go pee? I mean, that's just, <laughs> I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just, I mean, I mean, come on, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> you know, wonder when you come to North Carolina, act like the North Carolinans, you know, or, what are your, or what do you call, or the Tar Heels, or whatever you call yourselves. What are you, what are, what is North, what are you like, Ohio's Buckeyes, what is North Carolina? Tar Heels, yeah, Tar Heels. And, um, but it's just, so, but everything, even look at that, everything's, everything's so embalmed, and the foundation of everything is fear. But we don't operate by fear as Christians. If you operate, listen, if you do anything based on fear, you will miss it. No, if you do anything based on fear, meaning hold back your money because of fear, because we don't know what's going on, people aren't working, hold, hold back, you know, it's not really the right time to give. No, that's when you need to up that's it. Right. Yeah. That's no, that's when you need to double it. Yeah. Come on, I'm serious. That's when yeah. you need to double it. How many ever heard of uh, the, the, the clothing company called JCPenney's? Yeah. Yep. Would you know during the, during, during the Depression? I don't call it the Great Depression, but people call it the Great Depression. There ain't nothing great about depression. <laughs> but during the Depression, <clears throat> you know, uh, Mr. Penny, he had, he had his department store, and his best friend had the same store across the street. They were good friends. Well, the, the market, everything crashed, you know, about it, and people had all these food lines and uh, stuff, and people lined up for blocks after block after block. And, and so Mr. Penny's friend came to him and said, you know what, I, I figured out how I can weather this depression. He said, because they were both Christians, and he said, he said, if I just stop paying my tithes, and, the, and the, it always comes along with this, compromise always comes along with God understands. Does he? That's a great question. Does he? Right. No, does he? Because he justified. And that's what people like to do. They have to justify their, their actions. No, our actions has to be justified based upon the word of God. Not by the circumstances. Because, you know, even though it sounded good, because I can keep, I can keep my people working and so forth and so on. So he, he said, said that to Mr. Penny. And, and he, said, he said, what do you think about that? He said, well, you can do what you want to do. He said, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And he said, I'm going to double my tithe. In the depression, he doubled his tithe. Wow. And guess whose company is still around today? <laughs> and that yeah. company didn't even last a year, I don't think. His friends. Wow. Amen? That's a fact. Yeah. And, by, and when he died, he only lived off 10% of his income. 90% of it went into the gospel. Amen. 
Isn't that powerful? Yeah. 90%. Actually, that's where I'm headed. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even close. But there's been many times my wife and I, like Pastor, talked about him and Pastor Nicole. They emptied the bank accounts. When the Lord says do it, you do it. Amen? No, when the Lord says do it, you do it. Amen? Listen, God wouldn't have you do something for you to be without. God has you release so that He can get something to you. Because God, God cannot do it if you obey. I'm sorry, if you disobey. See, when people really understand what faith is, God, understand something, God is a just God. And when the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith, it's impossible to please Him without faith. And so God has to get us in faith so He can move. Because it's just like salvation. If, if God would allow somebody to go to heaven because they're good without receiving Jesus, because they're good, then He would be unjust. He's a just God. Hello, He's a just God. Amen? So when, when, when God shows us how to walk in blessing, then that's His way. And that's what we have to apply to our life. Amen? And so when God tells you to do something, do it. Why? Because He's wanting to move on your behalf. Come on, he's, he, and you know what? He's wanting to answer the cry of your heart that you've been talking to him about. But he needs our cooperation. Come on, he needs us to cooperate with him. Yeah. Come on, God needs us to cooperate. Because God needs you to obey him. That's why the Bible says the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. Yeah. Do you know if God wants us to eat the good of the land? Do you know he wants you to drive the good of the land? Do you know he wants you to wear the good of the land? Come on, you know he wants you to live the good of the land? He, come on, he wants you, you to live, to drive, to have the good of the land. Amen? Amen. And then Christians, get, they, they get this attitude when it comes to wealth. Why? But you, need, you begin to examine their life and you understand why. And I ask people just simple questions. I, I, can, I, can, I can prove that people are religiously brainwashed instead of Bible taught. Because yeah. I just simply ask them a question. You people, oh, yes, they're prospering. I had, some, I had a friend of mine that I've known for years here a few years ago. They found each other on Facebook. I, I mean, when I first got saved, I mean, he was a friend. Of, we, we became friends. And, and, and he got on the phone and he says to me, he says, ah, oh, Obviously, he looked at my Facebook page. I see you become one of those faith and those wealth and health preachers, huh? That's what he said to me. What a stupid question. <laughs> what a stupid question. I, 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 actually, I mean, that is stupid. Actually, that's an insult to stupid people. I mean, that's... <laughs> so I said to him, I said, what's well, a whole lot better than poverty and sickness? Yeah. What's, the other, what's the other choice? And then I looked on his Facebook and I see that he's got a farm and, you know, a dozen kids. I mean, it's, it's hypocritical, Bob, because people become religiously brainwashed. But I can, I can, listen, I can prove right now, I can prove that not one person in this, I'm going to do it. I can prove that not one person in this house believes that God wants you poor. Not one person, not one of you believe that God wants you to have lack. Not one of you believe that God wants you poor, because all I have to do is ask you the question. And I ask people this, they tell me they come against the stuff. It's prosperity gospel. It's not a prosperity gospel, it's the gospel. Yes. Yes. Amen? It's the gospel. So I say to people, oh, you don't, you don't believe this? No, nah, it's that prosperity gospel. I said, well, let me, let, well, come up, let me and you pray, because God hears me always when I pray. So let's me and you grab hands and let's pray, and let's ask God to make you poor. 
No, we'll find, we'll, we'll, they'll find out quickly that they believe in blessing. Yeah. <laughs> they've just been religiously brainwashed to the Bible taught. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> Come on, amen. Yeah. amen. Actually, I to practice what you preach. Yeah. Ask, ask, I'll tell you what, ask God to make you poor. Ask God to make you poor. Matter of fact, go, don't even ask him. Go sell your house, sell your car, sell your motorcycle, sell everything, and go live under a bridge. I'll, and I'll bring you some Chick-fil-A every once in a while. <laughs> no, see, we're, we're, no, but we're laughing at that, but, yeah, yeah. but that's how yeah. people think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why? It's because, I, I, you know, Brother Hagen, my mentor, Dr. Kenneth Hagen, I mean, he made, he, he's the, that's where I get that statement from, that the majority of Christians have been religiously brainwashed, yeah. still the Bible taught. They don't really know what the Bible says. They know what religion says. Yeah. But they don't know what the Bible says. And if you only know what religion says, then you're going to live. The, the fruit of your life is going to be religion and what religion produces. Let me go over to this section. <laughs> the Word of God has to be understood what we believe and what we operate and how we think. Why? Because it produces. Amen? Amen. It produces. And, and I'm, gonna tell, and I, I'm just going to make, I'm going to people, and if there's people watching don't believe in prosperity, I'm going to make you even matter. God wants every single one of you in here wealthy. Very wealthy. God wants every single one of you wealthy. No, God wants every single one of you wealthy. Amen? Wealthy. No, wealthy. Wealthy. And I'm so far beyond the point of any more. I mean, this is, this, this, this is 2000. Whatever it is, 20. <laughs> this is 2020. I'm so beyond, listen, we, we got to, don't let the enemy suck you into something like that. Amen? Yeah. Be bold in what you believe. Yes. Be bold in what you preach. Be bold, come on, be bold yeah. about it. And don't be, don't be ashamed about it. Amen? Be bold, be bold in the blessings of God. Be thankful, because every time you talk about it, you bring Him glory. Guess what? When yeah. you don't talk about what He's done, then that means you're ashamed. Amen? Amen? No, we're not ashamed. Yeah. We're, we're not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel produces blessing. Yeah. We're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We're not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed of it. Come on, we're not ashamed yeah. of it. I mean, God wants you to be like, like Solomon. When the queen yeah. of Sheba, she came and she, her, the Bible says that her, her spirit left her. I mean, she was just so overcome because she, she said the half hadn't even yet been told. They haven't even been told me. Oh, yeah. Come on, church. Amen. Why? Because Jesus died so you can be wealthy. Just like he died so you can live free from sickness and disease. Just like he died so that you can live free from defeat. Amen. Just like he died so you can live free from sin. He died. Come on. He died. And he came, he came to give us his life. The Bible says, the Bible says in him was life. That word life is the life of the Father, the Zoe. Yeah. In Him was life. Why did He come? He came to give us that life. He came to give us the life of the Father. He came to give us abundant life. Yeah. Amen? I mean, if you just begin to get into a study of who God is, see how big He is. Do you, do you know, you're talking about extravagant. You know God is the most extravagant person there is. Yeah. Yeah, he's the most extreme yeah. person there is. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, if he wants, do you know how many colors there are? <laughs> Why didn't God just make three colors? Right. Yeah. You know, black, black, and black. I mean, what didn't he? <laughs> no, 
<laughs> why did <laughs> actually I showed people today at lunch my faith car it's it's block on block on block <laughs> about 750 horsepower and anyway so <laughs> but you think about it why didn't God just make two birds Why didn't, why, why didn't he make just a few animals? Hello? Why didn't he just create a couple stars? Because he's successful. Because he's El Shaddai. He's, he's more than enough. Amen? He's more than enough. That is who he is. Come on. And, and he's our father. Come on. We have become partakers of his divine nature. Come on. He, he wants us to enjoy who he is. He wants us to enjoy his life. Come on. He wants us to enjoy his blessing. Amen. Hey man, he wants us to enjoy it. Stop pushing it away. But we push it away. Why? Because we've been religiously brainwashed. We've let religious, we let religion come in and alter our thinking. And we, we think along the lines of religion instead of thinking along the lines of the word of God. Amen? And we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll allow people to lie on our Father and, and, and say, you know, that, that God makes people sick to teach them something. Hello? Now, I know if you're a member of this church, you don't believe that because you get taught the Word of God. But you know what the unfortunate thing is? You're the minority. Because the majority of people believe that. No, the majority of people believe that because the majority of people have become, they, they, they're, they're religious. They, 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 go to, they go to religious institutions, denominations, cemetery, seminaries. <laughs> <laughs> they do, and it really is a cemetery because they come out dead. They come out dead and confused. And they confuse everybody else. Amen. But the reality is God is simple, and He's excessive. Did you ever think about the fish? How many like to fish? Okay, two people. You know, he, <laughs> okay, there are a lot more people raising their hand. Do you, know, do you know how many fish there are in the sea? Do you, know, do you know how many new species of fish they find every month? That's why this global warming nonsense is nonsense. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because whenever God does something, listen to me, whenever God's DNA is in something, there's always more. There's always abundance. There's always more than enough because He's more than enough. Amen? Amen. We'll never exhaust the oil in the ground. The the planet, listen, we'll never destroy the planet because the Bible says in Genesis 8, 22, as long as the earth remains, there'll be day, there'll be a night. Come on, there'll be winter, there'll be summer, there'll be seed time, and there'll be harvest. That's what the Bible says. It's impossible. No, it's impossible, people. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Come on, it's impossible. Amen? Why didn't God just make, you know, one or two, three fruits? No, why? Because he's excessive. That's who he is. But it's hard for people to see God that way. But now listen, not only is he excessive, he wants you to live an excessive life. See, see God for who he is. Do you know the majority of people in the body of Christ cannot see God as a rewarder? But the Bible says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those that come to God must believe that He is. Hello. Yeah. You must believe that He is. When you, if you need healing in your body, you come to Him. You must believe that He is a healer. He is. Amen. Yeah. 
Come on, come on, church. Amen. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. 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 And he wants you to enjoy his rewards. He wants you to enjoy his rewards. Now, there's something to do on our part. No, listen, there's something for us that we have to do. Amen? That's why I said this this morning, if you're going to be of that belief system that, well, whatever whatever God wants me to have, it'll come. It'll happen. It'll happen. (laughs) But yet, the the problem with that is, is there's absolutely no responsibility on your part. There's absolutely no faith on your part. Come on. There's absolutely no faith. God wants us to live by faith. Come on. God wants us to apply ourselves. He wants us to apply the Word of God. He wants us to apply the Word of God by faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 53. (laughs) And it's my cry that you come into an understanding of who the Father is. Oh, He's so wonderful. He's so good. I want you to understand the Father. That's why I pray. The prayer I probably pray more than anything is in Ephesians chapter 1. That the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him. I want to know Him. That I, what did Paul say? That I might know Him. Amen. And the fellowship of His sufferings. But that I might know Him. Listen, because everything, everything stems from relationship. Amen. Everything stems. And listen, and if you've, if, if you've missed it, if you've made this mistake, you've sinned, quickly repent. God will forgive you. Amen? He'll forgive you. doesn't give us a license to go do it. But you know what? God's mercy is so, it's, it's beyond what we can even understand. But God said He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Amen? He's faithful and just. He's faithful and just. Come on. He's faithful and just. And we need, we need to know, just know how good He is. And, but, but most people don't, they see, they, they see, most people, they see God as someone out to get you if you do wrong. That's not how the Father is. Oh, He's loving. And He wants you to enjoy Himself. He wants you to enjoy His presence. He wants you to enjoy His nature. Just like you as a, as a father, as a mother, wants your children to, to, to enjoy what you've worked hard for. Amen? You want to be able to bless them with the things they desire. Come on, church. Amen? But you know what you need to start doing? You need to start, you need to start teaching them at a young age how to believe God. Because the moment they turn 18, they're on their own spiritually. I mean, you can carry your children up until, they, it's about, up until about 18. Then they're on their own. Teach your children. Teach your children the Word of God. Amen? Yes. And it's, ama- it's, ama- it's amazing how even parents today, they, they, don't, they don't even teach the children the Word. You know, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart. Amen? I mean, meaning they're, they're, they're going to, even when they're, they're seniors, they'll be serving God. Amen? Amen. Well, brother, what's what you consider a senior? I'm not touching that one. <laughs> because you're only as old as you think. Amen? amen? Come on, amen? You know, if you think you're old, you'll start getting old. Yeah. As a man thinketh. Amen? As a man, thank you. As a man, I'm young. I'm a young yes. man. Amen? I remember a couple years ago, I went to, took my wife. We just wanted something to do. We took, went to a matinee. And I remember we went to a matinee in a, a theater. And I remember I come up to the window. And before I can even say anything, the movie, the lady behind the counter, she goes, would that be two seniors? And I'm like, 
<laughs> then I'm like, no. <laughs> Don't give me a senior discount either. <laughs> but you know, even that can be a trick. Get my senior discount here. Five cents. Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna get, you're gonna, you're gonna save your trip, get you to Hawaii, aren't you? Five cents. <laughs> well, I got this. What's, what's, what's this card that came in the mail? Uh, R R. What is it? Yeah, arc. What does they call it? Arc, arc, arc. I don't know. Anyone want to call? I, I, I threw it away. Yeah. I ain't using that thing. I'm blessed. Yeah. I, no, I, I'm a blessed man. You think I'm gonna squabble over ten cents? You think I'm gonna squabble over a dollar, ten? Come on, I'm blessed. Amen. I'm blessed. I blessed. I was blessed before I came here. I'll be blessed when I leave here. Cause I'm blessed. No, I'm blessed. No, I'm, and when I leave here, I'm gonna be home for about three weeks. But I'm blessed. I'm blessed. No, I'm blessed. No, I've learned the key. I've learned the key to accessing the Father. I've learned the key of this life that God has intended for us to live. And it's a life of faith. Because the just shall live by faith. Amen? The just shall live by faith. And we live by faith. Amen? I'm not going, listen, and I don't care. Do you know this has probably been, not probably, this has been the best year that we've had. I mean, this year has far super exceeded last year. Amen. And there's supposed to be some stupid COVID. Yeah. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but I said, I, I said at the end of 20, uh, 2019, I said, I said 2020 would be greater than 2019. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, and, and guess what? And even though they shut the world down, uh, some of the world still shut down. And, and even though they shut, but oh, not us. I, listen, if you want to participate in something being shut down, go ahead. But I, I, I don't live by the resources of the world. My, my, I'm, I'm hooked into heaven. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen. I'm, I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen. Yeah. This world's not my source. My father's my source. And when you learn, when I found out about him, oh, he's more than enough. Yeah. Oh, he's so big. Oh, he's so incredible. Oh, he's so wonderful. Amen. Yeah. Man, you listen, you can, you can be thriving, you can be thriving, listen, you can be thriving in the midst of famine. I mean, you, you can be expanding in the midst of famine. When everybody else is shutting down, you can be building more, yeah. hallelujah. When you learn to hook up to heaven's economy, amen, when you learn to, when you, when you, when you get on the inside of you, what Pastor Braun was talking about earlier in the area, you, you let that get on the inside of you, and I promise you, you'll, you'll never lack another day in your life. Yeah. Amen? That's why I get it in your kids. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they're not depart. Do you know, people can quote that verse. How many ever heard that verse in the Bible? Raise your hand. Yeah. You heard that verse in the Bible. Well, let me ask you a question. How many can quote the next verse? People can't quote the next verse. But the next verse says, the rich shall rule over the poor. And he who borrows is the servant to the lender. What's the Bible? Don't, 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 don't take things out of context. What's the Bible say? The Bible says, train your children the way they should go. And when they're old, they're not depart. Well, how are we supposed to train our children? Train your children to be wealthy, not yes. poor. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. The Bible yeah. says the rich will rule over the poor. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah. Train them to be rich. Amen. Hello? Train them to be rich. Because, you, you, listen, you, you don't want them to be poor. You don't want them just to make it, do you? Well, guess what? You got to get something in them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You got to teach them. To, you got to teach them the word of God. You got to teach them to live by faith. Yes. Amen. 
I, I remember, hallelujah. I, I remember, you know, I have a friend of mine and his daughter died. Matter of fact, I watched him hold his daughter in his arms as she was taken out her last breath. And, or as she was dying. I didn't watch her die, but I left. In the hospital in the early morning hours. You know, it does something to you when you see your best friend hold his daughter in his arms as she's dying. Do you know, do you know I left the hospital that morning? Do you know I left, I left with every, every, I mean, there's not anything left. Every desire, everything when it came to material things left me. Because it puts everything in perspective. Yes. Yeah. Listen, anything material you can get back. Why, 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 why get all, why, why get all bent out of shape because something that you can replace? Because it's all about people. Amen. It's all about people. No, it's all about people. But you know, one of the one one of the, one of the things that that he that he said was is that in his daughter, and she was after she died, while she was dying, actually. She, for the for the for a couple of weeks, because she went on ox, oxygen. Of course, you know he knew that the moment you go on oxygen, we definitely we got to have a miracle. But of course, she was she's only supposed to live, she was only supposed to live to be you know just was only going to live to be a few weeks, and then she's only going to live to be four, and then she's only going to live to be a teenager. Then she she lived to be so she's eighteen. And for all those years, my friend and his wife were able to carry her on her faith, on excuse me on their faith. But the moment she, but the moment she turned eighteen, something switched went on, and she went on oxygen, and she, for the for about two weeks she frantically, and she she, you know what she said? She said, "Dad, I realized that all these years uh, that I lived on your faith, and I never developed mine." The just shall live by faith. Amen. Get the word in them, yeah. not Harry Potter. The word. It's amazing. I was in a church not long ago and the kids were reading Harry Potter. Harry Potter book. I don't blame the kids. It's the parents' fault. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. If they allow that, don't tell them what else they allow. Yeah. Well, we won't go there, but hallelujah. Because here's the thing. You open up, you open, don't allow your kids to read books that's got fear in it. Because I get in them. Yeah. Amen. I remember my daughter one time. For, I don't know what it, was, what it was for, what happened. But she had to read that book, the Twilight book. I, we didn't, my wife and I didn't even know about it. It was a school thing. I think they, uh, there's Christian school. What? Christian school. Because she was, she was, you know, we homeschooled. We homeschooled. And my daughter, you know, she lived on the road. You know, we living in hotels, doing homeschooling in hotels and Airplanes and airports and restaurants. And so she got a little behind, so I put her in Christian school for private school for uh, a couple of years. So there's, for some reason, they had this assignment. I didn't know about it. But actually, we, when we found out about it, we got the book out of the house. But it's this Twilight book. But I, cause, but I noticed, I noticed that all of a sudden, I had to get up, my daughter's in bed, put the lights on in her bedroom. The light was on. Well, what happened? Because that book's so f- full of fear about vampires. I was livid. <laughs> and what happened? She, that fear got in her. And next thing, she's got to go to bed. She, she can't go to bed in the dark. You've got to have the light on. 
But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? And so, you know, then we had to work to get the fear out. Amen? You've got to get in the Word. Come on, you've got to get in the Word. So, I understand something. One of the things that I, I realize that as I travel the nations of the world, that really people, people don't have, really have an understanding of who the Father is. They know about Him. But you know, knowing about God isn't going to cause you to work miracles. Amen? No, we have to know Him. So, here in Isaiah 53... And I think one of the reasons why I want to go here tonight is because I don't want you, I don't, I don't, I want you, I want, let's build a foundation upon what the foundation you already have, because pastors laid a great foundation for you. So let's build upon that. Why? So that every single one of you in this house walk free and live free from sickness. Come on, every single one of you walk free and live free from disease. And I don't care what, I don't care what's going on in your body. I don't care what's a problem in your spine. Somebody has a problem here in their spine. I don't care what it is that's going on and what the doctor said. No, you don't always have to have it. And come on, you don't always have to have it. We're we're going to get the word in you and you're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're going to live free. Amen. You're going to live free. You're going to live free from poverty. You're going to live free from sickness. You're going to live free from disease. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 53, I I, I love this this chapter. It's probably one of my favorite chapters in all of the Word of God. I actually have been to Israel. I actually been, and, and, uh, you know, and I I really didn't want to go when I I went. You know, I've sent my wife before, but I I really just went out of honor, to be honest with you, just because... You know, my, my pastor took a, uh, a, taking a bunch of people to Israel here a couple years ago, and I didn't even want to go. I don't want to go. Because I'd heard all this stuff about how if you go to Israel, it change your life. I don't believe that. I do not believe that at all. I don't believe that I have to go to some foreign land to have an encounter with God. Right. I don't believe that I have to go see some wall to experience God. Right. I'm experiencing God right here. Yeah. Some of you have already been doing that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Some of you are getting more here than you go than you go see in a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's amazing how people can worship something. No, worship the Father, not some land. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, there was it was interesting because of history. You know, just to get to see certain things. You know, and and I actually did enjoy the trip. Uh, at first, I didn't I didn't want to go, I, and I went out of honor. First off, I didn't want to spend ten thousand dollars that I didn't have. I didn't have it. If I'm going to spend $10,000, man, I'm, I ain't there. As <laughs> a matter of fact, with the, a couple of days into the trip on the bus, I leaned over to my wife. I said, you know, we spent $10,000 to get here. I said, you know, I said, honey, you know we can be in Hawaii right now. Arizona. I love Arizona. It's my favorite. Love, it's my favorite place, Arizona. And uh, <clears throat> and, and you know, and I went out of honor because of my past. actually I went out of honor and I was sort of had my arm twisted because you know first you had to put down a thousand dollars for the you know to hold your spot. No, I didn't even want to do that. Next thing you know, I get a phone call from a pastor. Hey, I I, I, I personally put down a thousand dollars for you for what? Oh, for Israel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 
I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, honey, let's just go. My word poster, I said, let's just, let's just, let's just honor the Lord. Come on, let's just trust the Lord. Let's walk. We live by faith. I said, I didn't have $10,000. I said, okay, well, let's live by faith and do it. So I, I put, put $10,000 on the American distress card. <laughs> and as you know, as the day that we was going, flying out, I get a phone call from, from a guy in California. He used to, he owned, he used to own a, um, a, a winery. Matter of fact, I did this meeting in some, this wine country in California a few years ago, and his daughter came and got saved and set free from alcohol. Matter of fact, I sent her to Bible school, and she graduated from Bible school. Now she's, she's married to a Holy Ghost guy, and they're serving the Lord. But yet she used to, was a heathen and, and was an alcoholic, just a teenager. And I remember he said to me, he said, man, he said, preacher, he, can, you, can, you, can you help me out? How did my daughter become an alcoholic? I said, sir. He goes, yes. I said, do you think there's any connection between you owning a winery and her being an alcoholic? <laughs> I mean, some things you don't have to have a word of knowledge on. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> and actually, he, he, he gave his life to the Lord. And I, matter of fact, I, I, I let, in, in the car, I, I got him filled with the Holy Ghost in the car. Amen. And so now they moved, they lived in Texas, and he's a blessed businessman. And, um, and uh, he, but they still live in the California town. As I'm going to get on the plane, or that, that day, as we're leaving, or maybe it's the day before, I can't remember, but right, was right in the area. He calls me, and he said, he said, uh, he said, I'm in the shower today. And he's raw, just got young Christian, gets got saved. And he said, I've been talking to my wife, and he said, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear God speak to me. And he said, he spoke to me today. I, I think I had to ask my wife if it was God. I said, what's going on? He said, I got in the shower, and, I, and I, all of a sudden I heard these words. Send Richard $10,000. <laughs> but you know what? I, I went on the trip. I said, honey, let's just exercise our faith. And we prayed it, we prayed it, prayed it in. And, you know, believe God, and it came in. That's a way of life. Faith is a way of life. Amen? Come on, faith is a way of life. Amen. Hallelujah. So, the, here in Isaiah 53, so what I was going to tell you about, about Israel. <laughs> I was able, on that trip, I was able to go to the spot where they found the book of Isaiah. In cave four. They found it in cave four. Where a little shepherd, they found like what? 40, 50 years ago, where the little shepherd boy was throwing rocks into the cave, and he threw a rock into this cave and heard the her crash. So he climbs into the cave and they find the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Dead Sea Scroll. Do you know when they examine it to the to the Bible, you know it was 97% accurate. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Hallelujah. So I love this book. So let's get into it because. From the night on, from this week, listen, from the week, this week on, you'll never, ever, ever. Because here's the reality. Here, you ready for reality? In order to walk in divine healing, you have to rid yourself of all doubt that that yes. sickness and disease came from God. Yes. You, have to, you have to get that out of your thinking. Yes. You have to get that out of your heart because it doesn't come from Him. He's a good God. 
Amen? He's a good God. He went about doing good and healing. Amen? He went about doing good and healing. Come on, he went about doing good and healing. Amen? Come on. Listen, it's not God's will that you have asthma. It's not God's will that you have arthritis. It's not God's will that you have high blood pressure. Come on. It's not, it's not God's will. It's not God's will that you have high cholesterol. Hallelujah. No, I, and I, I know we're talking about some things. It's little, I mean, it could be serious. But, you know, I, what, even when it comes right down to a cold, when it comes right down right. to allergies. Right. No, no. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Come on, church. He has redeemed us from sin, from sickness, and from disease. And guess what? An allergy is a disease. It's a sickness, isn't it? Come on, he's redeemed us. Come on, he's, re he's redeemed us from headaches. He's redeemed us. Come on, we are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Does, listen, let me say something to you. It's not unscriptural to be in a fight. Right. But it is unscriptural to lose. Amen. And, and I'm in a battle right now, actually. But I win. You know why I win? Because I've already won. Yeah. You just some, you just you gotta know, keep walking by faith and standing when you've done all the stands, keep standing. Amen. Yeah. Just keep standing. Come on, just keep standing. Yeah. But I haven't let it stop me. I haven't I haven't let because I you know, I, for those of you that are here, I, I shared I shared this morning about how I got hit with last Monday with this this uh kidney stone. Things of the devil. Yeah. But I didn't let it stop me. I didn't miss one service. Amen. I didn't miss one service. Amen. Amen. Did you know, and then, then I, and I called Pastor Rodney when he found out, and, and we got to talk about Smith and Wigglesworth, and he told me, and I didn't know this, because I know a lot about Wigglesworth. I didn't know this. But Smith and Wigglesworth, he, in, in seven years, now here's a man that raised 26 people from the dead. Here, here's the man that had great miracles. But, he had a, he, but when it came personally, he had the struggle, and, and, and in seven years' time, he passed 157 kidney stones. 157, that's the great Smith of Wigglesworth. Can you imagine? 157? I know what one was like. Hallelujah. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I, I like what, what this translation here says here. The, well, that's the King James. But the one you had up this morning, what was that? which ones you had up this morning? The NS, New American Standard. Just put the New American Standard up. I like that. Hallelujah. Look what he says here. Who has believed our message? Yeah. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed our message? Who has believed our message? And to whom... Is the arm of the Lord been revealed? Notice the arm of the Lord and believing is involved here. And as I said this morning, you know, God very seldom had to use His arm. He very seldom had to use His hand. But the Bible says that Jesus cast out devils with His finger. Amen? Think about all those legions that came out. The Bible says that He cast out devils by the finger of God. Yeah. Think about it. That's what the finger of God does. You can just imagine what the arm of God does. Yeah. Amen? Just imagine what the hand of God does. Oh, 
I mean, the Bible says, who has believed our message? We have to believe the message. We have to believe the Word of God. As you believe the Word of God, then the arm of the Lord is revealed. As you believe the Word of God, then the power of God is revealed. As you believe the Word of God, listen, you activate, you access God, you activate life, you activate blessing, you activate miracles, you activate the God that's more than enough. Because there has to be belief. You have to believe. Well, Brother Rich, I don't know if I believe. No, actually, that's uh, that's not really true. When people say, well, I don't know if I believe that. No, no, no. What they're really saying is I choose not to believe it. Yeah. Because belief is a choice. Yeah. Amen? When somebody believes something or when they don't believe something, they've chose to believe it or they've chose not to believe it. Yeah. Belief is a choice. Yeah. Come on, belief is a choice. Yeah, yeah. I was on the airplane one time sitting beside the, some, this atheist, and she told me she was an atheist, and I said, what's that? Well, I don't believe. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm an atheist. I said, there's no such thing as an atheist. Because you can't prove, you cannot prove there's no God. Right. I said, really, the, I said, ma'am, the reality is you've chosen to not believe because belief is a choice. You've chosen not to believe there's a God for whatever reason. Maybe it's because how she was brought up or something. But whatever it is, you chose not to believe. I mean, when, when, listen, when pastor preaches the word of God, as you're sitting here in the word of God, as you're sitting listening, you're choosing to believe yeah. or not believe. Amen? Because belief is a choice. That's why he said, who has believed our message? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I mean, what is the... Just put up Ephesians chapter 1 quickly. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 17. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Hallelujah. Going to make you work tonight. Hallelujah. There it is. Wow, that's quick. I like that. That's fast. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you $100 out of pastor's wallet. That was good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look what he says. <laughs> Everybody amen and laugh for pastor. <laughs> Look at what the scripture says here. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom. A spirit of wisdom. A spirit of wisdom. Hello? A spirit of wisdom. If you don't have a spirit of wisdom, start believing it and confessing it and saying it. I have a spirit of wisdom. Amen? Stop saying you don't know. Yes. People I don't know. No, stop saying you don't know. Because the Bible says the one who knows all things lives on the inside of us. Stop saying you don't know. Amen? But he says, a spirit of wisdom, listen, and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Next verse. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your, of your heart, King James says understanding, but the eyes of your heart, and I like that, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling and and uh, uh, hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. Now look at this verse, verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? Notice notice it's according to what we believe. It's according to our belief. Amen? Come on, it's according to our belief. Come on, church, it's according to our belief. Actually, go with me. Go, go to, go to John. This scripture start coming to me. I believe it's John eleven. Go to John eleven. I, th- I think it's verse, verse forty. It, yeah, it is John eleven forty. 
Remember, you remember, you remember, remember Lazarus? Remember Lazarus, Lazarus died? Remember, do you, do you, do, who were the two ladies that came to, to Jesus about their brother? Mary and Martha. Remember, remember they, they said, Lord, if you'd have come on the first day, you could have raised him. Lord, if you come on the second day, you could have raised him. Lord, if you come on the third day, you could have raised him. But Lord, now it's the fourth day, and he now stinks. <laughs> but, what did you, what, but, but do you think that Jesus was moved by that? No. Come on, he, he'd been dead four days. Do you think Jesus was moved by that? No. But let's look at what Jesus said. Ready? Yeah. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If you believe. If you believe. Well, you know, if the Lord just wants me to happen, you know, it's just going to happen. You know, just gonna, whatever, whatever will be, will be, Brother Richard. No, that's not, what, that's not, that's right. not how God operates. It's according, it's according to you believing or not yeah. believing. That's why Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, that's why he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things. All things are possible. All things are possible. Just turn, go to Mark 9. I, th- I believe it's 23. Mark 9, 23. Hallelujah. Uh, you're fast. I like that. He's good. Hallelujah. Look what he says in Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said to him, if. Notice, he didn't, notice, Jesus, didn't, notice, Jesus, notice Jesus didn't say, you can. Notice he said, if. Because there's always, a, there's always a condition when it comes to believing. Always. Because belief is, a, belief is a choice. Come on. Belief is a choice. No, belief is a choice. No, belief is you, you choose to believe or choose not to believe. Yeah. Come on, just like coming here. You choose to believe you're going to get touched or you, you're choosing just to go check it out. Yeah. Amen. That's why, don't come, don't, don't, listen, don't come here and have, have Pastor Brian have to charge you up. Come here charged up. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't have Pastor Brian have to get you into prayer. No, come here in prayer. Yeah. Come on, come, come, come in worship before you even get into worship. Amen. Come ready. Come ready. Stop going through the religious the religious motions. Well, it's Sunday. We'll go to church. You know, it's Sunday. No, no, it ain't about doing God a favor. Amen. No, you you come expecting. You come to press in. Come on. You come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You come to give your life to the One who's more than enough. You come on. You come because it's in Him we live. It's in Him we move. It's in Him we have our being. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And part, of, and part of living in this life has to do with what we believe. Walking in victory in this life has everything to do with how we believe. Walking in healing in this life has everything to do with how we believe. Come on, walking in prosperity in this life has everything to do with how we believe. Come on, church. Everything is about belief. Everything is about belief. And Jesus said here, if. Because you know what? He put the responsibility on the man. Well, if it's the Lord's will, it's going to happen. That's not what Jesus said here. Jesus said, if you. Notice he makes it personal. He made it personal. If you can believe. Because here's the reality. God's already done everything he's going to do. Do you you know the world's saved? Yeah, that's right. The world is saved. You know, I hear people come, and I don't correct people because I know what they mean. But people come and say, well, why don't you pray God save, you know, my son or daughter or husband or whatever. Well, I know what they mean. But the reality is they're already saved. They just don't know it yet. 
The reality is they're already saved. They just haven't received it yet. But you know what the reality is? You're, you're healed. You just haven't received it yet. The reality is you're wealthy. You just haven't received it yet. Oh, hallelujah. And I know you, I'm sure you get people on, you know, you, you get all these experts on, online. Really, they're just little spurts under pressure. You get all these little, <laughs> you know, you just, you know, it, it's it, it's impossible to get into debate with somebody on Facebook or fake book or whatever. It's just it's impossible because it's just ridiculous. Don't even do it. I put things on there purposely so I can see some negative comments so I can delete them as a friend. <laughs> I do. I don't want you as my friend. I don't want you as my friend. <laughs> Matter of fact, I put something on about the COVID thing and had some. I had some pastors, pastor and the, and the wife, comment. I deleted them. No, go go to somebody else's page. Amen. No, go to, go to somebody else's page. Come on, go to somebody else's page. Not my page. Go to somebody else's page. <laughs> and they get all upset, you know, talking about Brother Copeland's plane. Well, why? Listen, what? How, how come? How come the wicked people in Hollywood who worship the devil, right. who practice witchcraft, right. who are pedophiles, why can they have one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are those who push murder in babies? Why can they fly around the world, push murdering babies? Where we go and preach the good news of the gospel, and we've we got to just be in the corner somewhere. Absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, no, get, get, ready, get ready to go to a whole other level. Get ready for a lot of people, as I said this morning. Get ready for a lot of people to get very jealous of you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And, and, and don't apologize for it. Amen? Yeah. Don't apologize for it. Yeah. Come on, don't apologize. Yeah. You get a hold of what's being taught here. You get a hold of this. Yeah. Not only is it going to change your life, it'll change your kid's life. It'll change the life of everybody you come in contact with. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Don't worry about how God's going to do it. Let, let, him, let, let, let him decide that. Don't worry about how God's going to do it. You just believe him. Amen? Amen. Come on, don't worry about how God's going to do it. You just believe him. I, I had no idea in my mind how God was going to get me on Augusta, but I believed it and I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? I had no idea. I had no idea. Come on. I had yeah. no idea. Stop. Don't, that, that, listen. You have your part and God has his part. Yeah. Amen. You just got to get your part is believing. Yeah. You got to believe. Amen. Because the Bible says all things are possible to him that believes. And that's why he said here, who has believed our message? Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Notice what he says here in verse 2. For he grew up before him. As a tender plant, and, <clears throat> and as a root out of a dry ground, he has no form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. 
Now, one of the things, things I want to show you here is that word sorrows and the word griefs. The word sorrows is really translated the word pains. And the word grief is really translated the word sickness. Do you know the word grief here, the, the, the Hebrew word for grief, actually 26 other times the word grief is actually translated sickness. 26 other times. Matter of fact, on one translation, I can't remember which one it was, but, uh, but uh, on one of the translations, they, they had these 12 scholars get together they, they, for this one translation. And when they come to Isaiah 53, they, they was, they was a, there was a disagreement between the 12 of them because two of them want, wanted to translate it like it is. Sickness. And, and the other ten said, you know what they said? They said, we can't, we can't translate it sickness. We have to translate it griefs. Because if we translate it sickness, here's what they said. It will give validity to those who believe in divine healing. And I forget what translation it was. I wish I'd known because I'd throw it out. <laughs> so it should read this way. He is despised and forsaken of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And like one from whom men hid their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Look at the next verse, verse 4. Surely, everybody say surely. 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 Our sickness he himself bore. Yeah. Our sickness he himself bore. Our sickness, he himself bore. Our sickness, he himself bore. And our pains, he carried. Come on, he bore them. He took them, like we said this morning. He bore them, he took them. Yet we ourselves esteemed him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I mean, just get into the word, all these words that are used. Listen, this, this is redemption. This, we're looking, this, this is the reason why the Father sent His Son. This is the reason why Jesus, this is the foundation of Christianity right here. This is the, listen, listen, the greatest thing in life is to be born again. Yeah. The saddest thing in life is not to know the benefits of being born again. The greatest thing in life is to be born again. The saddest thing in life is not to come into an understanding of what Jesus did in redemption. And most people walk around not knowing. That's why they talk, that's why they talk poverty. That's why they talk sickness and disease. That's why they talk defeat. Because they don't really know who they are. Right. No, they don't really know who they are. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this week you come into a greater understanding of who you are and who you belong to. That you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. That you're, you've been set free. You've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. Amen? Amen. You're, you're, you're of a whole other kingdom. Yeah. Come on, you're of a whole other kingdom. You're of the kingdom of God. Amen? Your citizenship is in heaven. Glory yeah. to God. Amen? Amen? Oh, hallelujah. And he says here in verse 5, he says, in verse 5, notice what he says here. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, I love that, by his scourging. Everybody say his scourging. His scourging. And by his scourging, because he was scourged. Yeah. By his scourging, we are healed. No, I'm getting into this because 
in the name of Jesus, you're going to walk free yes. from sickness. Yes. You're going to walk free from disease. Yes. You're going to walk free from pain. Amen. You're going to walk free in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're going to walk free in the name of Jesus. You're going to walk free in the name of Jesus. Your body, come on. Has the life of God into it. Amen. He quickens our body. He quickens our, come on, He quickens us. He quickens us. The very one who raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us. Amen. And the Bible says that He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon Him. And by His scourging, we are healed. 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 By His scourging, what Jesus went through, we are healed. Amen. And if you learn anything about the crucifixion, if you learn anything about the cross, which we, as I said this morning, our foundation of everything we believe has to be founded in the cross. Everything has to lead, everything has to lead back to the cross because it's all about the cross. Amen. Yeah. Come on, it's all about the cross. And yet the reality is, is that Jesus' suffering started way before the cross. His suffering started way before the, the, the scourging. Is it, and, 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 people today, and people today, I, I was reading here not long ago, probably a couple of years ago, a lady who was uh, had a, driving around the road with her son, I think he's like six or seven, she, she was, grew up in church, but she got out of church, and she, she has a son, and obviously never taken him to church, and they're driving down the road, actually this got her back in church, she's driving down the road, and her, and her son says, Mommy, hey, what's that plus sign over there? She's looking around, plus sign, and she looks and sees a, a cross on, 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 on a church. That's in America. That's in America. That's why I said the voice the morning. Don't call America a Christian nation. Yeah. I mean, just four years ago, I mean, the city of Houston, Texas, where where there's mega churches in every corner and Bible schools in every corner. The mayor of Houston, who was a lesbian, sent out an order that all pastors have to send their sermons into her for her to approve them. That happened in America. Think, think about this. Think, think about something. If we want to know where we are and how the church has to wake up, think about this. Who would have ever have thought that the day would come in America where we are forbidden to go to church? Yeah. Russia's more free than America. That's right. Forbidden to go to church. Forbidden. But yet grocery stores can stay open. Abortion clinics can stay open. Come on, liquor stores can stay open. Isn't it amazing that COVID's so smart that it knows the difference between Walmart and the church? <laughs> or as in Kentucky, we call it Redneck Macy's. Yeah, but the reality is, he, he in Matthew, just go to, let me, go to Matthew 26 for a minute. You get anything, anything out of this tonight? Matthew, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. Thank you, Jesus. In Matthew chapter 26, this is from the Amplified Bible. I'm going to start with verse 36. 
Really, his suffering started in the garden. Look what the Bible says here. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. I've been there. And he told his disciples, sit down here while I go over yonder and pray. Thank you. I think he was a southerner. <laughs> go over yonder. <laughs> go over yonder. Go over to the big go over the big oak tree, take a right and go to the end of the holler. Verse 37. <laughs> and taking with him Peter and and, and, the, and the two sons of Zebedee. Whew. Listen to what the Bible says here. He began to show grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. So you see his suffering started even before he went to the scourge. Suffering started even before he went to the cross. Started in the garden. The Bible says that Jesus began to show grief, distress of mind, and was deeply depressed. Verse 38. Then he said to them, My soul is very sad and deeply grieved. This is, the, this is God. This is what he's saying. So that I am almost dying of sorrow. He was dying in the garden. Stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me. And going a little farther, they threw, or he threw himself upon the ground on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and as you, or as you desire, or and desire. But notice the Bible talks about grief and distress and deeply, deeply depressed and and dying of, dying of sorrow. Come on, church. Grieved. He sweat blood. Understand, he, he sweat blood. He had blood coming out of his pores. Nobody here has ever been under that kind of pressure. Think about the pressure that he was under. Why? Because this is the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb of God. He came to take the sins of the world. He came to take the sins of mankind. He came to take Sickness, disease, iniquity, poverty, death. Like he came to take it all. And I've heard people say, and it's possibly true. I've heard people say that, you know, Jesus, he was in the garden praying so that he would be able to bear it. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's not true. But I actually, I actually believe that, that he was actually praying for a different reason. Because he knew why he came. He knew why he came. It, he, it, he, it was not a mystery. The Bible says that the, Jesus was crucified before the very foundations of the world. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you what, what we base our faith in. I'm showing you tonight why we believe that healing belongs to us and how to receive it and how to walk free from it. Hello. Yeah. How not to take it and have it in your life because he bore it all. He took it all. He took it all. He took it. He took it. It's like the illustration I used this morning. He took it. But the Bible, but the Bible says that he was, he was 
almost dying of sorrow. He was sweating blood. Why did, why did Jesus begin to pray? Actually, I believe that Jesus began to pray, and I'm going to show you in a moment. I actually believe that Jesus began to pray, not, not to be able to bear it, because he knew why he came, but he prayed to live. Because here's the reality. If he would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption for mankind. If he died in the garden, there would be no freedom. There would be, there would be no freedom from sickness, disease. Hello, there'd, there'd be no victory. Because the, uh, the Bible says he was dying. The Bible says that he was, blood was coming out of his pores. Think about that. Think about the pressure. Because he was flesh. He was. Listen, he was 100% the son of God, but he was also 100% the son of man. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I remember I heard a story years ago. I remember that there was this, there was the, there was this, um, <clears throat> You know, kids can be mean. You know, there was this story about this 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 guy was going through going to be in this fraternity and and um, and actually they actually you know, put him through this. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but they put him on. They they you know he had to pass this test and it was the initiation and and they 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 put him onto this uh, blindfolded him and they 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 drove him all around the the, the city or the country wherever. They take the turns fast. They just throw him around in the back seat. He was he was uh, duct taped and blindfolded and, and put him in the trunk of a car, and and they'd go take bumps real fast and you know and they'd, so they take him out in the country. And they they tie him up to a railroad track. Well, when they came back for him, he was dead. Because and what the autopsy said, his heart blew up. Because. They tied him to a railroad track, but what happened? They tied him to a dead track. But right beside the dead track was a live track. And so when this, this 18-year-old boy was tied up to a railroad track, when he heard the train coming, the, 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 the pressure, the anticipation of that train running over you, because he didn't know he wasn't on the dead track, it caused, him, it caused his heart to explode, the pressure. And that's what Jesus was under. Because he's taken on the iniquity, the sin, the sickness and disease of mankind. Well, Jesus prayed through. And that's a term that's lost these days in the church. I mean, if you grew up in a Pentecostal church, you're familiar with praying through. I mean, you come to the altar and you pray through until you get it. If it takes three minutes, three days, you stay, you pray through. Amen? Jesus prayed through it. And then after, then after he prayed through, they came for him. No, they came, they came for him. Think about it. They came for him. The Lord of glory. 600 mighty Roman soldiers came for him. Think about it. Listen, these were Roman soldiers. Why didn't they, why did they, why did they send 10? Why didn't they send 20? Why didn't they send 100? Why did they have to send 600? And there's some things that we can get into. Obviously... People really do not understand the power and the authority that Jesus walked in when he was on the earth. He had the anointing of God without measure. So they sent 600 men. These were wrong. These were not mall cops. <laughs> nothing against mall cops if you're a mall cop. Nothing, and it's a job. But these were not mall cops. These men were... <laughs> these were warriors 
And they came. They came for him. We seek Jesus. And Jesus said, I am. King James says, I am he. He didn't say he. He said, I am. The same God who spoke out of a burning bush, who said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh that I am sent you, is the same God here in the garden. I am. Yeah. My, my, my. Yeah. I am. And the Bible said, you want to know what happens when God opens it? I tell you what, go with me to Roman. Go, go back to Isaiah 53. I'm going to show you something. This is powerful. Go back to Isaiah 53. Uh, you, you, you know what? Just, you're just going to have to buy my book to finish this. As soon as I write it. You're going to have to buy it. But go to Isaiah. <laughs> go, go, go back to Isaiah 53. Verse, go to verse, I think it's 6. I think it's 6. 6 or 7. Go, but go to 6 and we'll see. Look, okay, that's verse 6. Let's read it. All, we, all, all, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. It all fell on him. But look at verse 7. This is what I want you to see. He was oppressed and was afflicted. Remember all those words I told you to look at? He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. That's very key. Yeah. That's key. He did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. Twice. In one verse, the Bible says he did not open his mouth. Twice. Why? Here's the, you want to know why? Because understand something. God is just. And Jesus was sinless. And if Jesus would have opened his mouth, God would have delivered him. He did not open his mouth. But you want to see what happens when he opens his mouth? 600 mighty Roman soldiers. We seek Jesus. I am he. And the Bible says that all 600 of them went to the ground. There was so much power. There was so much life in his words. There was so much authority and power when he opened his mouth that 600 mighty Roman soldiers could not withstand it. Jesus was not at the wrong place at the wrong time. He came for a purpose. He came for a reason. And that reason is that you and I live free from sickness and disease. Yeah. That you and I live free from sickness and disease. See, faith is building in you. See, because you've got to get rid of all doubt. You've got to get rid of all doubt. All doubt and unbelief has to go. Faith has to come. Come on, because faith yeah. and doubt and unbelief can't work together. Yeah. Got to get that out. Got to get that out. Come on, got to get that out. Come on, you got to get that out. Why? You, are, you, you, you have been created for one purpose, and that's to live and act and walk and speak and think. Amen? But it's always founded upon the Word of God because the moment you come into an understanding of the Word of God, come on, the moment you come into an understanding of His will is the moment there's faith. And the moment there's faith, oh, mountains are going to be yes. removed. Hallelujah. Come on, mountains are going to be removed. Yes. Come on, mountains yes. are going to be removed. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I know there's more we could read here, but I want you to notice something. Jesus was led then to the slaughter because He willingly handed over Himself. And they spit on Him. They, 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 they poured, pulled his beard out. They put a crown of thorns on him. And then they led him to the slaughter. 
They led him, they led him to the scourging. That's why I like the that's why I like the NASA Bible, the, the, the translation we just read, because it says scourged. Because that's what happened. He was scourged. He was scourged. Yeah. And you read and, and you and, and I'm gonna wrap this up for time's sake, but you know, if you, 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 you begin to study about the scourge, it was so feared. Yeah. And listen, I've said those Roman soldiers, they were two soldiers always simultaneously. Understand something. Jesus was, he was, his body was mutilated. Forget, forget, forget the demons in Hollywood that want to portray Jesus on, hanging on a cross in a white starched robe with a little thing of blood coming down. No, he was, he was mutilated. You didn't know what he was. And you read that, listen, history tells us that when those Roman soldiers, when they would lift that scourge, that actually people would pass out because they knew what that meant. They knew what was on the other end of it. They knew the hell. They knew the torture that that individual that's about ready to be scourged is about ready to go through. And the Bible says 39 times. Think about it. Just think about what one would do. And listen, these these guys, they, they, listen, these Roman soldiers, they knew they knew exactly when they knew exactly when to release that hip. They knew exactly when to pull, because that cat of nine tails that would wrap around and would, and would dig into the flesh, and as they would yank, chunks of flesh would fly. Somebody said one time, "I don't, I don't want to hear about the blood. I don't want to hear about that." Well, I'm sorry, this is a bloody gospel. He was mutilated. That's why the Bible says he was a lamb led to the slaughter. He was slaughtered. He was mutilated. Yeah. And it wasn't just one. It wasn't just two. It wasn't just three. Think what each one did. But you want to hear a little, you want to know a little cool side note? Is that there was something different that day as he was being scourged. There was an aroma. Because just hours before, he was anointed yeah. with an alabaster box. There was a different smell that day. Never been before or since. 39 times. His legs, his calves, his chest, his back, his face, mutilated. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalms twice, the Bible says that he was so mutilated that Jesus said, my bones, they stare at me. Another verse says that his body was as a farmer who plows a field. That was the Lamb of God. Why did he, why, why was that? Because God, you know, the Bible says that it pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord. Every strike, every scourge, it pleased the Lord. For him to take, to take our, the iniquity of mankind, the sin of mankind, it pleased the Lord. And every, every stripe that he took, was our sickness, was a disease, was a sickness. Everyone, everyone, yeah. it was cancer. One of, in one of those 39 stripes was cancer. He bore it. He bore it. He took it. And then after 39 times, but you know, not one bone was broken. After 39 times, then they made, made him carry his own crawl. You know, they think, think about, think about, here's this mutilated 
Lamb of God. I've walked down the street and carried his cross. Here's the mutilated Lamb of God walking down to go hang on the cross that he's carrying. Matter of fact, he couldn't even do it. He had to get help. And they say that probably the most painful thing that he ever went through is when, when they nailed him to the cross and they picked him up and they slid him in the slot. The, the jolt of his body would kill a man. And here is the Lamb of God, the King of glory, hung between a thief and a murderer. For six hours he hung upon that cross for us. Six hours he hung upon that cross and said seven things. The very last thing he said, it is finished. And then the earth shook. The earth shook. And to hell the Lamb of God went. And the temple was torn top to bottom. And after three days, the Bible says that enough's enough. God rolled up his sleeve. The God of glory. That's enough. He reached down, raised Jesus up. And when he raised Jesus up, he raised us with him. He raised us with him. Come on, he raised us with him. Come on, he raised us with him. And not only did he raise us with him, he gave us his life. He gave us, he, he gave us a seating. What's that seating? That we're seated in him. We're seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're the church. Yeah. We're the church. We're the blood-bought church of the living God. Amen? He bore our sickness. He bore our pains. He bore our disease. Come on, in the name of Jesus. 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 It's time for that cancer to leave you. It's time for that kidney problem, that bladder problem, that heart disease. Now, come on, to go from you. Why? Because Jesus bore it. Jesus took it. You are the, the healed of the Lord. There's so much more we can get into. But we are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? Yes. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And some of you just need to begin to say it. And you say it long enough, you eventually begin to believe it. huh? You eventually begin to believe it. We are the redeemed of the Lord. The Bible says that we're to say so. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are a purchased possession. He purchased us. Come on, he purchased us. Jesus didn't go through all that that I just talked about for you and I to live sick on this earth, for you and I to live diseased on this earth, for you and I to live in hell on this earth, for you and I to live defeated on this earth. He went through all that so that we walk free from sin, from sickness, from disease, from poverty for lack. Amen? We are the redeemer of the Lord. We are the church. We are the blood-bought church of the God that's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And we can say something that no other religion can say. My God came and gave his life with me. Islam can't say that. Come on. Islam can't say that Allah came and died for him. But we can say that. Hallelujah. 
Come on, we can say, not only that, oh, Rasakaria, Rabasata, Rabana, Breb, Robasata, Labashata. Not only did our God come and die for us, He gave us a name that's above every name. He gave us His nature. See, only Christianity is the only religion that will change the very nature of mankind. When you, become a, when you become a Buddhist, your nature does not change. When you become a Muslim, your nature does not change. But when you become a Christian, yeah. your whole nature changes. Yeah. You get translated from the kingdom of darkness unto the kingdom of light. You, get, you become a brand new creation. Yeah. You become a brand new species. You become brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.